Fast and Furious, you liked it. We don't have to review it because I don't think none of us have seen it, right? Yeah. Nah, we go. I'm gonna review it on Law. Yeah, I have not all. seen. I, I I think the last Fast and Furious I saw was honestly like Fast and Furious three. To be honest, not oh, it was so much better after that. Oh, hell no. Yeah, it did. Come it, on, it, baby. It, it yes, peaked it at five. It yeah. peaked at five. Yeah, That's five. what I hear. No, That's what I hear. no, I hear no, no. Seven. Five. Seven. five was five was seven. Is the last one I hear. seven. Seven was its peak, and then after that, it was like okay, look. Seven. Man, I I have a trouble. I have trouble Hobbs telling the difference dope. between these movies. Yeah, this part, I yeah. feel you. I totally feel you on that. I yeah. I don't disagree. Because it's all, but it's I all love the same it. characters now. But I love it. But I do know that like a lot at least from the trailer, like this Fast Ten looks a lot like Fast Five. I don't yeah. Because mm. it, it's based off well, of Fast Five. Yeah. But all like, these other ones are based off of Fast Five. No, but yeah. Yeah. this Jason one, this one, one like, based stems from Fast Five. Jason oh. Momoa's character is directly affected by the ending of five. he's the son yeah. of somebody from fast five Correct. but they've done that already yeah, they, yeah. but you know <laughs> <laughs> like bro yeah, it's like yeah I you ain't lying but i don't know nah, but. john cena is vin diesel's brother oh, see and when the hell did john oh, cena pop up are you serious i can't remember yeah. i didn't know what that. yeah is vin diesel's brother yes well not in real life no yeah that's yeah. the one but that i pitch <laughs> i'm like what I'm is that so family dead. They brothers in wrestling, man. <laughs> you know, they just wanted to wrestle they each other. They ring brothers. Ring. Ring brothers. That crazy. Well, and that's what, like, so, like, bo- I think both Vin and Dwayne have, like, Dwayne. in their contracts that they can't lose. Well, or actually, it's in <laughs> Dwayne's, but I think since Vin was, like, the head runner, he didn't want to lose. So that's why in Fast Five, when they fight, yeah. like, even though Dwayne's, like, two feet taller than Vin, like, <laughs> none of them, like, they're just, like, equalizing each other out, like, or canceling so each other out. It's a superhero Vin franchise. Vin Diesel is Dominican, who has a white brother. Right. And a Mexican, I think a Mexican girlfriend, they have a kid, <laughs> and they have a black kid? Well, yeah. I don't know. But Dominicans are black, so... They show the yeah. kid? Yeah, yeah but Dominicans he's not. Dominicans are black, this is yeah. true. Vin Diesel no, Vin Diesel is, Diesel is actually black. Vin Diesel but is yeah, black. Like, I'm talking about his black in real life. Wait, he's black in real life? Yeah, he's yeah. half black. Yes, he's black in real life. He's I did black. not know that. Yeah, if you look at a younger picture, he's, he's, he's probably more yeah, obvious he when adopted. he's younger. He has yeah, an yeah, afro and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. crazy. I'm yeah, talking about like, his black. pigment between him and Michelle Rodriguez. I'm like, okay. Y'all want to do that? I'm I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's bright-skinned for sure. He's definitely brown. I guess Michelle Rodriguez is a little toasty, Isn't he? He's like black and Italian or something like that. Yeah. Yo, I learned something today. I did not know he was black. It, it's okay. I only no, learned that like five black. years. You know what's so crazy? Not like, I respect on group. He made he made a whole short. Uh, he made a whole short film on it, like back in the day in the nineties, oh, talking about uh, essentially did. like yeah, what yep. his live life experience was being active, being polyethnic. Yeah, yeah, right. that's crazy. Yeah, I gotta check cool. that out. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Oh, there's there's yeah. scenes the on whole like, thing. YouTube and stuff. Whoa! And he doesn't deny his doesn't... blackness at least. Or, that, that's what I'm. I'm like, okay, you cool. I just I, you cool. I never. Yeah, I never knew. I guess. I yeah. Don't know. But then again, like I don't I don't be checking for Vin Diesel like that for me to like know facts. Oh, that's about my him. boy. No. That's my childhood, right? He's there. legend, bro. Yeah, no, we know more Iron about Vin Diesel than you. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Shoot, man. Y'all going to the to the VD club tonight? VD. 
Vin Diesel. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm sorry. That flew way over my head. <laughs> but, yo, we got a special guest. We y'all. do. We got if y'all haven't noticed by guest, now, man. man. Go to yeah. Vin Diesel down mm. to our guest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got the very, very, very talented. Multi-talented. I might add, multi-talented. Because when when I heard that you voiced Captain Zero, I was like, yo, that's dope. Mm. That is dope to voice the character you created. Like, who knows a character better than you? Straight up, though. Uh, It's so crazy. I didn't intend for that to happen, but it it, it happened that way. (laughs) Crazy story. It'd be like, (laughs) I, I, um... I, I, I use this, I use the title very very loosely, but like I'm I'm mm. like to consider myself a filmmaker too, and I have made a short film where I did not intend to be in it twice. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. twice. It's just I have very flaky people around me. Oh uh, yeah, but uh, you do it out of necessity. Exactly. Yeah, it's like oh man, like I need to get this thing done. So hey, if no one else would do it, let me just do it. Right? Exactly. Step I mean, up. all of us have um, except Kyrie, he's new to the group, but like we all have a a, a short film. Or there's a, a it's a haunted house, and we, mm. we there's this like demon ghost in it, and the person who was supposed to play the ghost flaked on us, so all of us alternated Damn. the ghost, and we're all different body types. So I mean, luckily it was oh, wow. like, <laughs> luckily it, it's like a parody, yeah. so it, it just mm. it just made okay, so it works. It made a hundred percent sense, but yeah, it's like mm. one is like wider than the other, one is like much taller than the other, and it's like different scenes, mm. even though they're seconds apart. I mean, they were filmed on different days. Uh, mm. It's just different people playing the, and it, it just worked. So, um, let's welcome that is to amazing. White Noise, Lamar <laughs> Cherami. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Thank yes. you, thank Absolutely. you, guys. Thank you for having me. Of let's course, do this. let's for do real. this. You know, before we we, we dive in, I just mm-hmm. I want to talk about my week last week. If that's all right, mm-hmm. okay. talk about yeah, it. So I went. I went to. Uh, I went on a little vacation. You know, oh, I never took, mind. Don't I took talk the about little it. Man. <laughs> I'm playing, dog. <laughs> uh, um, so I took my little one over to uh, to Disneyland, you know, go have some fun. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And anybody who knows me, I'm, I'm a pretty I'm a pretty big Disney fan. You're right? a Disney adult. I'm not. I'm definitely not. You definitely a Disney are. Adult. No, I'm I was not. about to say. <laughs> no, nope. wait, wait. Why is that an insult? Like generally, Disney adult entered the chat. <laughs> no, why is that? Don't let him lie to you. Is being no. like an anime kid. Uh, Where all you do is eat, breathe, like you don't shower, you uh, like you just like, oh my god, fuck, you know, feel like like so now you're supposed to have a career, and, like, yeah, it's actually just a like sustainable life. It's your personality. Yeah. It's your oh. whole personality. All oh, your money gross. goes to Disney. Products. It's not. No, no, no. I and I have zero issue telling you when Disney fucks up and when they drop some garbage. Versus a Disney True. adult will never. Ever. Oh, they'll defend that to the core. Yeah. Okay. They, for sure. I, I I will tell you when something they drop or a ride opens and that shit is whack. Okay. I will tell you that. Okay. But Fair I enough. do I do enjoy. It. I mean, me and my girl used to go to Disney every other month. We had annual passes for years. Yeah. Right. Oh uh, wow. Yeah. Like we we love it. I mean, for me, like growing up, my dream was to like work for Disney. Like I wanted to write and make their next big animated movie. Yeah. I wanted to design. Wow. I still want to design like their next big e-ticket attraction uh, or their next big Ooh. nighttime spectacular show like that was my dream as a kid 
So, like, going over there, I didn't see it really as vacation. I saw it as, like, I'm studying. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at... Like why, a business trip. Exactly. Like, why does mm. this ride work? Mm. Why is this show so dope? Why is this? Why is that? You know? And and so that, yeah. And also, like, I just genuinely have fun when I go over there. Yeah. But mm. the older I get, Uh-oh. the mm. more I realize why people hate Disneyland so much. <laughs> what? No, yeah. why people love them some Disneyland, Because man. of the people that go? It's just, well, fuck, where do I start? First of all, I mean, <laughs> what Disneyland has become post-pandemic is, is, is make me hella sad. pretty shameful. Like, Shame. it's nothing, <laughs> it's it's an EA game. Like, it's paved to do anything, really. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. You either, it's a soulless cash grab. It's exactly, yeah, just cash become, grab. Oh. Like, there's no more fast passes. There's no like, more fast passes. Like, get the app, which costs money. Yes, it's $25 oh, yeah, per person time. per day. Yeah. To wow. have access oh. to fast passes wow. that you are not guaranteed to get. Mind wow. You. Oh, wow. So is it like a membership thing you sign up for? No, now? it's it's or... it's a feature within their app yeah. that you so pay for. So it's like for. a year in a queue to get in the fast to get a fast pass. S- uh, no. So what it is is like you have to be you have to have your ticket scanned into the park to even purchase this feature. So you can't okay. cheat and get at the hotel, right? Right. Once you get in, you buy it wow. for twenty five dollars. And all mm. the rides that used to be, they used to have fast passes are in there. And you can book, right, based essentially a fast pass. Like, it'll tell you what time. So, like, let's say, like, I get into the park. I want to I want to get a fast pass for Space Mountain. So, I go in there. It'll tell me a return time. I'll select it. And then it's mine. I just got to show up at that time. And you have an hour window, right? Got you. Mm. Um, but for new and popular attractions, such as... The Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, the the Cars mm-hmm. ride, the Radiator Springs yeah. Racers, the new Spider-Man mm-hmm. ride, yeah, um, and mm-hmm. now um, the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Rail- Railway, right? Um, those are extra. Mm-hmm. So that's another. If it's a busy day, because there's tears, right? If it's a busy day, that's another mm-hmm. twenty twenty five dollars for that one ride, and you need mm-hmm. it. And you, I didn't buy that shit. But I mean, like, otherwise you're not getting on. Oh, if you want to get on with the wait that's under an hour, you need it. You need Damn. it. So, like, the when Rise of the Resistance first opened, I went for the first time, I bought it. Because I'm like, I'm not sitting here for three hours. Yeah. Right? Mm. And I didn't. It was like a 20, 30 minute wait. So, very worth it. Yeah, I feel it. It was $18, mm. but it was worth it. But I never did it again. I knew I wasn't going to. If I wanted to ride that ride, I was just going to wait in line. Yeah. Which I did. I waited. Mm. It was a 70 minute wait. I waited for That's that. That's not bitch. that bad. Oh. It's not, it's not considering that considering. the ride itself is a 20 to 30 minute experience. Like, oh, wow. It's two so different ride vehicles. Yeah, it's two oh, different wow. ride vehicles you have to board. That's that's dope, actually. You know, you without yeah. spoiling it, I mean, like, you know, there's just. Ton of different elements that that yeah. makes it worth that weight. Yeah, I, I will say that the Imagineers they do do a pretty good job of like making the line entertaining. Yeah, you know, uh, um, like Indiana Jones. I waited yeah. in that line too. It was like a fifty minute wait, but I like waiting in that yeah. line because all the Easter eggs, all the Easter eggs, and, and it's just you really rope. feel like you're in a like yeah. an ancient temple, you know, and like if there's mm. danger all around you. The sound effects, like it's super dope. Yeah, and I. Indiana Jones is king. I love me some Indiana Jones. I feel it. You know, so like I, I'm just such a big fan. Like I, I'll wait and I just, I feel so immersed, right? Mm-hmm. But so yeah, so that's mm-hmm. reason number one. It's just a cash grab, you know. And mm-hmm. that light, that genie pass, the lightning lane, it doesn't work when it's that busy, 
because what ends up happening uh-huh. is all the time slots get booked up. Next thing I know, it's eleven o'clock <laughs> in the morning, and I'm like, all right, I'm trying to I'm trying to go ride Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain's booking mm-hmm. for four thirty in the afternoon, so that's a five hour like time where I can't do shit. Dang. And if I book that yeah. time, I have to wait two hours before I could book something else. Yeah. Oh wow. Damn. So you can't yeah. do like you can't just fast pass <laughs> your whole day. No, no. you can if yeah. it's slower. It it works better for days that's not so busy because it's either two hours or when your time comes. So like let's say at eleven o'clock, I'm booking yeah. for twelve o'clock, right? Right. At twelve o'clock, I can book something else. If I'm booking for three o'clock at one o'clock, I can book something else. Gotcha. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So there is that. I mean, and then inflation has just made all the food everything oh, just go gosh. way up. I would imagine. Oh, man. Turkey legs are now yeah. $30, huh? Nah, them, them hoes like $13. Oh, oh man, shoot. I need, I need one. Wait, but so they didn't have all the... I buy that shit every time. But my dad does, too. They He's didn't like, have all the e-shit shit before the pandemic? All the no. what? No, oh, they the were they were they were going that way, but no, it wasn't like how it is now. No, the the last thing they did was they they came up with something called Max Pass, and that was ten dollars a day per person. And if you had an annual pass like I did, it came included. Oh, so it was worth it. Yeah, and it was dope because it eliminated. There was still free Fast Pass, mind you. Yeah, right, but it was harder to get a decent time if you yeah. didn't buy it because people could bulk from their phones. That was the whole gimmick behind it was it photos come included, all, all your ride photos come and included. And I think that makes sense. Yeah. You're already paying that extra. And, so yeah. and, and you, you have the ability to book whatever, right? Right. And I loved it. It worked well. I loved it. Then they got rid of it and then had to make all the money back from being close for two years. <laughs> right. And yeah. So there's that. I mean, mm. and people smell like shit. Is is well, it's hot. You know. It's hot. You got these big ass motherfuckers walking around. You know they tired at the end of the day. They just go to bed and wake up at six o'clock the next morning. And do it all over again. That's crazy, bro. I was walking behind this family man. Bro, it was truffle butter galore, bro. Oh, shit was come on, oh, stop, stop. It was so oh, nasty. Bro. Come on, man. You nah. ain't got to take and, that, and, baby. And, 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 and a lot of these lines are like, you got to get really compact. So you're just sniffing yeah. everybody. It's fucking nasty. <laughs> they didn't have like the spray fans on or nothing like that, man. They do. It's like the ride is outdoors. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Was it cold? It was cold, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it, was it wasn't sunny? It was the first day, but then that's like, not hella depressing. All I got, I gotta, okay, like my family and I, we're gonna go like um, the first week of July to LA. If we do go to Disneyland, don't. What's a if we? No, I'm telling if, you, don't. It's no, not gonna I, be worth I, it. I just, no, 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 no. It's not gonna be my choice. If they, if they want to, I right, whatever. Like if I, if I do go, uh-huh. if a strong if. What is one ride that outside of Space Mountain mm-hmm. that I I have to check out? Rise of the Resistance. I knew you was gonna say that, and I was hoping Hands you were gonna down. say that. I, okay, I, cool. I, I, I like but Star Wars experiences. Oh, dude, I, I like Star I Wars, it. but I don't go crazy over it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, You're not about to get mad if you name the wrong species. Of no, no, Darth of course I can't even fucking yeah. name that motherfucker. Is. Some some people be like that though. I just think he's the insidious guy. How we talked about like Disney making the lines like entertaining, right? Uh, like the cast members that work on that ride, like it is like 100 role playing. Yeah, they're acting. Dope. They are yeah. acting. For That's sure. dope. Yeah. Um, so they acting. treat you like a rebel. 
Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, that's they treat cool. you like they treat you like shit because they they are the <laughs> the first order. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Right? And you are you are with the resistance, so right. they treat I you like shit. Where that's they're like cool. back in line, scum or yeah. some shit. Yeah, like or that. like if you're confused as to where to go, <laughs> like they tell you like how many here. Okay, you're going on blue. If you go to the wrong one, they're like, do you not know your colors? Yeah. Oh, like, that's like, cool. Yeah, and they're like, I told you to get over there. Now get over there. Right? Like it's it's right. it's fucking cool. That's cool. I saw Kylo Ren's a dick too sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I would say that ride um, for Disneyland. Guardians, yeah. he'll enjoy Guardians. Guardians is fun. You like drop rides and all that? Like the straight up and just oh no, I can't. No, do no, Gu- Guardians one... throws you down and then it shoots. So there's a lot of zero gravity moments because you get tossed up and down. And it's just free fall. Oh, uh-huh. I don't like those kind of rides. Guardians throws the shit don't. out of me, but I ain't no punk, so I no, get on it. I I can't ride drop zone, but th- like Tower of Terror back in the day was like one of my favorite rides. Tower of Terror is the only one that I can do. It's, it's well, the it, same it's thing. It's the ride. That's it's just what it, it just became Guardians of the Galaxy now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you play it like that, I'll, yeah. I'll, then, I might uh, try it. I need me Radiator a Radiator Springs. Kick. You got to go. Yeah, there, like, Radiator Springs races so. is fire. Okay, that's gotta yeah. be like the first ride. You you gotta like run. Damn, I'm trying to ride that Incredibles ride. The Incredible Coaster is sick. Dude. Yeah, Incredible but you can, dude. You can get. They used to be California Screaming, right? Yeah. That oh, favorite, that's what. Oh, that was my wow. favorite ride on the whole park. Yeah. So th- those are reasons. Also, I'm aging like milk. Let's be honest. Man. Like I used to be able to do these parks. I used to get up at six in the morning, stay till they close at midnight, and get up and do it all over again. Right, Dang. bro. I. The last day. My ankles were in excruciating pain. So, yeah, <laughs> bro, I, I could not <laughs> even have fun. Because like, let's be real, you're probably realistically walking conservatively ten miles a day. Bro, conservatively, so much. Yeah, so and I mean, it's also you like part of it is when you were younger. Yeah, you're younger, but you're also running on different type of adrenaline that just carries you out the throughout the real. day. And now you got a kid, and you got to worry about her adrenaline. Yeah. You know, that makes sense. I mean, I'm also Plus, like, yeah. I'm also, yeah, exactly. And I'm also like a little heavier, you know, and like, I'm just the next day, you like, I had like shock waves coming up my my calf, like, Damn. bro, like, I'm fucked up. Get one of them oh, electric man. things, bro. <laughs> <Nah>. Put, Sophia, <laughs> uh, put Sophia in the basket. Uh, no, he nah. don't need that. Like, hell no. Nah, His dude. leg is just hanging out. No, 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 man. Like, Wrong, I, guys. I'm just. Oh, I'm cool going once a year now. Yeah. Like, before, I'd be hella sad. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'd be, like, leaving and be like, I got to wait a whole two months to see you again, baby. That's but crazy. Now I'm be like, bro, peace out. It's like, so I'll, now, I'll see y'all when me. I see you. What's the fastest way back to the hotel? So the I app Fast Pass isn't worth it. On a busy day. On a busy ass day. Now, if you're if so, you're gonna uh, be if, there when a park opens, if you're there at rope drop, it could be worth it because you it can, sounds like it's more worth it for if it's like your first time going rather than if you go. And that's why I go for three days because the first day I'm go 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 right. Let's knock out as much as we can. The second day I go to California Adventure. That park is small. You can do even yeah. if it's busy. You, you can, can do, do everything, everything in one day. day. Yeah. And the third day, I go back to Disneyland, and I'm chilling because yeah, I'm preach. just, it's just like, whatever I didn't oh, I get to, to go that. on, I'm going to prioritize that. Right. I'm, I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to go eat. You know, I'm going to do all, all them things, all the characters. I'll, I'll do that the last day. Right. You know? Um, you know sure. It's just. Craft book film. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm just it. like, bro, I'm tired. I'm still tired, bro. I've been back for two days. You'll never be seeing those celebrities there? I saw Jessica Alba once there. There, uh, crazy. Yeah, I saw just. I was there at the same time as 
two of the Kardashians one time. I didn't see them, bitches, but I, I, I was there. You know, they was in the tunnels Crazy. underground. Uh, uh, huh? Yeah, you're you know, right. They were in the fucking tunnels underground. No, I, I only knew they were there because... The cast I've, members are fucking... No, um... <laughs> Like, I seen it on Instagram, like when uh, yeah, you, you told me yeah, about I that. Yeah, I seen it on yeah. Instagram, like, oh, what the fuck, they were there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I, I don't care. Bro. They're over there in the Preach. fucking Radiator Springs cars, right? It's not my fault, not my fault. <laughs> 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 it actually happens more often than you think. Oh yeah, it does. Like, yeah, it just it just depends on the celebrity how, how secretive they want to be. Yeah. yeah, you know. And some celebrities, low key, you got to look at them to realize it's a celebrity. Some of them it, from like a side profile, like if yeah. you see. If I saw Rain Wilson from the side, I'd be like, "That's just a fucking person." Until I saw him like head on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Some people just Bro, be blended yeah, in. That is, yeah. yeah, man, that is the thing with like celebrities when you actually meet them in real life. Like it's so weird because it's like your 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 brain gets trained to only view them through the screen, and yeah. when you actually see them in right. real life, sometimes it's actually like hard to recognize. Like yeah. it takes like a double take. You got to look at them dead on or be real close to be like, "Oh shit, yeah, yeah. you're so and so." Right? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like Starshock or. Starstruck? Yeah, but I'd be like not shy. I just I don't like to approach celebrities. You don't want to be like because you feel like everyone bothers them. They're everyone always bothers being bothered. Them. Yeah, and they're Back. on vacation. Like, like, I'm not yeah. trying to be another weirdo. Facts. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. trying to right. be a person. Like I don't want to be that yeah. guy. I don't right. want to be that person. That's like, like oh my god. They're literally trying to have a good time with their kids. Like exactly. Yeah. Like I didn't go up to yeah. just gal, but like, she, and she surprisingly had no security. Like it was her and her kid. And then there was like a couple other moms like with her. Right. There was one cast member, but he was standing off to the side. Yeah. Oh, you know, and, and people just left her alone. Like she was just low key. Like mm. she wasn't attracting too much. And I was like, I respect mm. it. Like I see you. I'm over here though, but I see you over right. there. You that, know, like, that's what I hear mm. about celebrities too, though. Just from like the perspective of some, it's like honestly, you really only get that attention if you. I mean, naturally, some people. It's like you can't even step outside. Yeah. Like. If Michael Jackson I mean, went to yeah. Disneyland, obviously it's like, oh crap! I mean, yeah, yeah, if Beyonce hits Disneyland, right? It's yeah. like, oh snap! <laughs> but for the most part, from what I heard, it's like you don't really get that super, super amount of attention unless you you just right. you're just being unless you're extra. doing something it's, that kind of garners exactly. That, like yeah, you know what you're doing pretty much if you get that. Attention. If you're trying to be low key, I feel like most people, for the most part, kind of respect think. that. Okay. They kind of see it and acknowledge, and they're like, right. oh, you're trying to just you know right. exist. Let me give you the common courtesy. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Logic said, uh, I think it was like on Tiger Belly, but he said that, you know, you can, he doesn't mind when people come up to him, but oh, if he's having like like a, like a conversation like with his wife or something about their kid, it's like, you know, that's when he doesn't want to be bothered. Mm-hmm. Some people just like to go up to him and just be like, hey, can I get a photo and just walk away? And he says like, that doesn't bother me. But like when, when someone just comes up to him, ow, when someone comes <laughs> up to him and just like says hey you know uh, you know i just wanted to shake your hand and meet you he says like that's the best thing ever because it's like that's cool you're not taking a photo you're not like there to fucking and, and post it and shit yeah like that. Right. or like he says it's like, like yeah even I'm, asking I'm for an autograph you. like asking for an exactly. autograph is like way more like respectful or almost like powerful like it it, it means more to them than taking a photo because like, oh you want my autograph and i know you're not gonna i don't know fucking post it on the internet or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. so that's probably what i would do i'd probably just like give him a christian bell ass head nod like <laughs> you know, For I never see you, motherfucker. Or, or like go up to them. Well, I just want to say, you know, nice to meet you and whatnot. Props. Give him a handshake and walk away. I think the only person that I would like walk up and say something to is uh, Tim Shanton Drangsu. <laughs> that that Timothy Daylight Ghetto. Oh, but he doesn't okay, go by okay, that anymore. Because okay, okay. they always like yeah. he has a YouTube page that like he goes to like mm-hmm. all these different parks and tries food. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And, like one of the run on jokes oh, is like he's because he does it with his friend and people only recognize him 
<laughs> and so he'll like disappear and like be in the background like taking pictures and the other dude's just like talking shit he's like oh they only know tim because he's an asshole and <laughs> but it's bad but he's been around for a while though yeah, he, yeah. yeah he's pretty right he's, he's a cool ass dude a while and out yeah, yeah. No, but even before that, he was on YouTube. He was YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Really on YouTube, yeah. Him and uh, was uh, Emmanuel. Emmanuel Hudson, no? Yeah. That feels funny yeah. as fuck, too. It's how we used to boot Yeah, but that's my Disneyland rant, man. I'm just saying, man. Like, it's fun. I like, I, I'll, I'll, I'll never turn down a, a trip to Disneyland, but I'm just not, like, actively plotting my next return. Like, yeah. you know, anymore. Like, I'm just like, yo. So if I'm like, hey, tired. after the show, we out. My calf still hurt, my guy. So you turned it down. <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever make your own lightsaber? No. Oh, I Isn't it like to. 200 bucks? Yes. I have to. I'm not doing I that have shit. to as well, I but I don't to. fuck. For what, though? Like, I'm just... What am I going to do with it's, it's, it's more than a just a lightsaber. It's like a well-done-ass fucking lightsaber. Yeah. And it's an experience. And it's the experience. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and you yeah. get to pick your crystal. Come yeah, on, right. Just and like, the helm. Get a wand at Universal. The helm. Experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Sure. I'd probably, I don't know. Oh, I think you can do more stuff with the wand. Like you can actually use it in, yeah, the, park. in the park. Yeah, the well, lightsaber. You got to close it up before you get on the ride. You can't even. What are you gonna do with it? Wait, what wand? Keep it for the Harry Potter Ish. shit. Oh, yeah. But even then, like, I, like, like I said, like I like Harry Potter, but I'm not hella like into it. You know, like I'm yeah. not like I can't, I can't name every character, bro. Every time I go to Universal, like I just like it's like. The, the tour and then like everything else I'm just like Disney is so much like head and shoulders above like they are in terms yeah. of what like engagement like the and rides the rides I mean, just and, like the experience rides, like, like yeah Universal has potential in Florida they're doing it much better than they are here yeah well, they, they are. I will say got that coasters they got coasters but I mean just coasters. their rides like, like it just looks <laughs> just better taken care of than it does here which is sad because this is the, like you're in Hollywood. Like, what the fuck? Well, I, just I feel, feel like, like Hollywood is visually better and, and Disney Disneyland is, like, physically better. Because yeah. they do a lot more screen shows. Yeah. Rather than Most of the rides at Universal are, like, screen yeah. Like, yeah, there's a screen. You put yeah. on 3D goggles and yeah. it's just, like, moving. Honey, but I, I dig the kids. that, though, personally. They still got that? But that's, no, that's, that's the last you know, thing I... It's just, <laughs> damn, it's been a while, then. Literally. Just Bugs Life. Damn. I'm insane. I shrunk the kids. They had that in 4D. That in Bugs Life. Yes, I remember. <laughs> I remember they spray they spray can you know like because we're sh- small, so they sprayed us with like bug spray and they yeah. fucking put out some smell in the theater. I think it was like coffee. That shit gave me an yeah. instant headache. I remember the whole day in the park. I'm like, fuck, bro, what the fuck was it? <laughs> I shot a whole ass bug. Bro. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had this conversation, but I hate when they poke you in the back. I, hate I remember that. that. Yeah. I hate that shit. Oh, yeah, that shit hurt. I hated that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That shit hurt. Or man. when you going over, uh, what is it called? California gliding or whatever. Oh, soaring over California. Soaring over California, and you go over the the oranges, and <laughs> yep. then they fucking throw oh, orange man. zest in the air. Oh. Yeah, that that, that shit's gas. Do they still have that? Yeah, they, yeah. Have. Yeah, they do. Is it? It's, it's, it's soaring over, over the world, world now. Yeah, that's booty sweat. How? I mean, it's still a dope experience. I, 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 I like, like it California. better more than California. I like California. I like yeah. California too, but I'm better. All right, so man. Well, that's my Disneyland. The so let's let's get into our special guest, man. Like, let's. Mm-hmm. So where do you even? Where do we even start? Where do we even start? Let's start at the beginning. How, how did this all come together? Man, depends on what you're asking. How did Catherine's come together, or how well, did let, my let, let, artists come together? Let, 
let's just do a, how did you as an artist come together like how how did that like when when was that moment when you were like i want to make cartoons oh we got to take it all the way back then let's this start, it started yeah, very 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 early for me way back yeah it started very early for me i was five years old i was in a head start program that my mom had put me in and you know i'd always loved drawing i'd always loved art like i grew up I, uh, at that time i was living in miami um i grew up around my cousins who were like super super talented artists i remember the thing that i loved the most about my cousins is that like we used to love watching you know tsunami cartoon network uh, all the cartoon shows but cartoon <laughs> network was really really like our main main thing oh. and we loved dragon ball z and the things that my oh. cousins could do that always blew me away is they could draw the characters like and i remember just how mind blown i was <laughs> that they could accurately recreate what i was looking at on tv oh, heck, and yeah. i was like oh my god like this is so sick like i want to learn how to draw like them so i just became super super obsessed with uh just drawing and drawing and, and creating and i remember uh, when I was in my Head Start program, um, we had to do this daily journal thing where every day we were given like an assignment, a little prompt to do, and we had like write a sentence and then accompany it with a drawing. And that was basically like my first kind of playground into really structuring and creating art that kind of way. And I remember the feedback that I was getting from my teacher was so, 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 so positive and me like my spouse talk about this all the time i'm all like you know as an artist as any kind of creative it's so important to get that positive feedback really early because honestly it was that positive feedback that made me want to keep going like every single time my teacher came over and she looked at like you know my drawing she was like oh my gosh like class look at this like she would <laughs> raise my journal she would show everybody and i was like oh shit like yes. oh, I, must be, yeah. I must be i must be pretty out of something i must be you know pretty good <laughs> You know, so like, yeah, like she was gassing me. Like she really made me feel like, yo, like your your stuff is really, really good. So that really put the battery in my back to just want to continue. And from there, it just continued to just grow and blossom. I remember in middle school and even early elementary school, like I would use drawing as kind of like a uh like an icebreaker like whenever i went to like a new school or i would meet people i would just kind of like just take out like a pen and paper and i would just start drawing and then people would inevitably just start like looking over my shoulder and be like oh what are you drawing oh my gosh is that batman oh my gosh is that like superman and then like that's how i would make friends and how people would get to know me and stuff um and then it got to the point where people got so enamored with my art and drawing people you know wanted to commission me to make things for them like oh can you like design my name real cool or oh can you do this picture for me um and eventually i started making comic books for people i would make like five page like 10 page and 15 page comic books for like 50 cents 75 cents and a dollar and i would like sell them to people <laughs> i would just make little <laughs> drawings like of original characters or even like characters that they wanted me to draw of them or like incorporate them with like their favorite superhero and like these little comic books and yeah it just kept going and going and going and going and then um i probably hit like a uh what can you call this like uh there's this moment in every single artist's life where when you're young everyone tells you as an artist like oh my god that's amazing like keep going you can do whatever you want and then you get to like teenage adolescent years then most of the people around you especially the adults start going okay like that was cool when you were a kid but like, now it's time <laughs> to get practical yeah now it's yeah. time to get serious <laughs> Um, and I kind of hit that phase in my early, and I kind of hit that phase in my early adolescence. And I was legitimately contemplating on whether or not I would be able to make art like a full-time career. At that point in time, it didn't really seem sustainable or viable. It really just kind of seemed like a pipe dream, but it was something that I knew I really, really wanted. Uh, at the time, man, I was watching 
any and all superhero media. The first uh, movie I ever saw in theaters was Spider-Man 2. Phenomenal film. Oh. <laughs> Changed my life. Classic. Um, uh, I was watching a lot of you know Spider-Man the animated series, X-Men the animated series, uh, Static Shock. Like that was also another show that like really really changed my life that I didn't realize until I was way 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 older. Like I right. didn't realize the impact of being a young black kid and seeing a black superhero who was the protagonist. He wasn't the sidekick. He wasn't the side character. He wasn't the person who showed up every now and then. He didn't come through to give a quick stereotypical remark like, <laughs> oh, damn, or some random, you know, as goofy shit like that. Like, he was a real, real kid, a real person, a real fleshed out human being with complex thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and narratives that I could really, really relate to. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And I remember... Uh, when Static Shock got canceled, uh, I remember feeling like, okay, but like, are they going to make a movie? Are they going to do something with it? And just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting for something to happen and nothing happened. And I remember kind of getting to the point where I was like, well, damn, like if nobody's going to make the thing, if nobody's going to make the thing that I want to exist in the world, then I guess I have to make it. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Before I got <laughs> to that point, um... I was in the time where I was, you know, seriously contemplating other paths in, in careers. So I was trying to think of what kind of place to my strengths, to the things that I'm interested in. Um, since a kid, I've been very interested in philosophy, psychology, you know, anthropology, the studying of human cultures, mind, civilizations, like the brain, human connections, why we are the way that we are, like these deep universal questions. Like, you know, you could ask my mom, like, I've always just been a super, super inquisitive kid and just always wanted to know anything and everything about like everything um so for a while i thought that i was actually going to go into forensic psychology mm. this was around the time i was like a junior in high school i was like i think i'm going to be a forensic psychologist um and then uh towards like my senior year i was like mm, that's stupid i don't think i want to do that <laughs> Uh, I, I think, you know, I, I really do want to double down on art because the other thing that I also realized about myself at that point in time is I realized I, I, I did not have what it takes to be a good employee. Like I realized like oh. my, my, my attention span, the way that I like to work, my creative processes, like I'm just not the kind of person that can wear a uniform, be told to you know, follow specific orders or do things in a certain way that doesn't make sense or aren't the most efficient. Like everything about what it meant to be a worker, I just didn't mesh with at all. And I was like, hmm, it's going to be very difficult for me to get employment trying to work for someone else. So let me try to see if I can figure out how I can create a path or an avenue for me to be able to work for myself. Um, then this is uh, before that. Uh, man, I'm skipping all over the place. When I was like 12, <laughs> I started taking up animating and I started, you know, making my own little animations. And then when I was like 13, I started uploading those animations uh, to YouTube and stuff like that. Um, I stopped that junior year when I was contemplating a different career path. But then my senior year, I kind of picked it back up again and decided uh, when I was picking out my electives, I took on this um, TV developing course. 
mm. on how to like make uh, TV and television and stuff like that for yeah. broadcast television. And that was really, really interesting to me, learning all the little uh, details about how to make broadcast television. And then that kind of really, you know, reignited the spark in me for like, oh, so like there is like a pathway for me to, you know, get paid and be a creative. Um, and at that time, uh, during like my senior year, this is the time where, you know, you got to apply for colleges and all this kind of stuff. Um, and I knew at that point in time, I was like, okay, I, I, I'm going to make the commitment to do something with art. Um, I've been making animations for a really long time. And then that's when it kind of all really clicked to me that I didn't realize that basically everything up until that point, I was kind of already a filmmaker. I just mm -hmm. didn't realize it. Yeah. Like when I was making my little comic books and I was putting together like all of the dialogue for the comic book characters, it's like I'm writing dialogue. As I'm like drawing all of these little scenes of what's happening from this scene to this scene, it's like I'm creating storyboards. Like I didn't know I was doing all of the aspects of what filmmaking is just like in my own, you know, little way. And then eventually I kind of came to the conclusion of like, oh, film, that's what it is. Like I want to do film. I want to, you know, work in film. I want to do film and television. And again, kind of going back to like uh, the old love of like cartoons and superheroes, I was like, man, I remember being five years old and watching Spider-Man the Animated Series and telling to myself like, I want to have a superhero on TV. So I was like, I'm going to go back to that. I'm going to go back to like that original dream. I remember Absolutely. at that time I was reading uh, this, um, book by Pablo Picasso, where he essentially talks about uh, a lot of his philosophy, essentially, you could say, behind cubism has to do with the fact that he is trying to get back to art at its earliest and most simplistic stage, when mm -hmm. art is its most free. And I was like, yeah, like that idea really, really resonated with me, like getting back to the basics, like when art was pure, back when I didn't, back when the focus wasn't about money or what I could do or anything, when it was just purely for, I have this great, amazing idea and I just want to express that. And I felt all of those feelings when I started to feel the calling to be a filmmaker. So I, I only, I literally only applied for one college, which was Full Sail University. Um, and I only applied to that college because I found out that that was the only college that I could go to where I didn't have to take the SAT or ACT because I was just vehemently against the idea of believing that a standardized test could have could actually accurately equate how intelligent I was. As you can tell, there's, there's a theme here. I'm very <laughs> anti. <laughs> A lot of things. No, that's all good, man. I feel it though. Uh, and and I was just like, nah, it's bullshit. I don't, I don't want to take some no stupid test. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just gonna find a college where I'm gonna be able to further develop my skills right. um, and learn all the things that I need to, and not have to do that shit. So I literally only applied to one college. Um, I got in. Um, I got a scholarship, and yeah, that first year. I was basically able to go to uh, to college for free. Also, at this time, um, I was working for uh, Channel Frederator. I had just gotten so at this point in time, my YouTube channel had been doing pretty good. And at that time, I had like I'd made this whole original Pivot uh, Spider-Man series. Like Pivot is the software uh, that you could use to make like these little like stick animations. And I had basically um, created this whole little series of like this Spider-Man like stick animation series. And they were all you know based off of Spider-Man characters, obviously. Um, but they were all original storylines mm. um, because Spider-Man, you know, is one of my you know favorite characters. Um, and I'd gotten like a lot of, you know, notoriety off of that off of YouTube and I'd been able to catch the attention of Channel Frederator. Um, at that time, they were working on creating this new YouTube division where they were looking for other animators to kind of bring on and kind of use as brand ambassadors to kind of get more people to, you know, come on over to Channel Frederator. So they noticed my stuff. 
um, they thought it was really good. They gave me a signing bonus. Um, and with that money, I pretty much used that in my scholarship to like go to college and I like, basically just paid out of pocket. Um, okay. and the rest I got paid off with, uh, the scholarship that I got, um, to go to college. Um, and then I got my bachelor's degree in film. Um, and then after that, I took like a year off and then I went and I got my master's. But during my bachelor's degree, the first three months of my bachelor's degree is when I conceptualized my magnum opus, which is Captain Zero. <laughs> yeah. Hey, shout out, man. I have not met another <laughs> uh, uh, person who majored in film besides me since I left college. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, yeah. We family. Here I am. <laughs> family. <laughs> Man, that's that's so dope. I mean, seriously, because I mean, um, you know, like you mentioned, like all these inspirations about you know where you draw, like oh my goodness, this superhero is so dope, that superhero is so dope, Static Shock, mm-hmm. Spider Man, all this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and you know when we first came across you, you know, Captain Zero, like you mentioned, you know, that's like that's your baby you know like you can just oh, tell yeah. like how much love you put into that character that's so dope you know um mm. and yet there's like a interesting twist we were kind of talking off camera about it uh you know mm. josh and i like um you know you have this certain very unique concept that you don't really see in a lot of superheroes man so like you know yeah walk us through captain zero like how did you come up with like the the idea the concept of this dude because it's very it's very unique it's very different in, in a totally totally dope way oh thank you thank you um man the conceptualization of captain zero is a very very interesting one so this was uh three months into me being at college um at the time i had had like this best friend and we had had a really bad falling out um and i was basically like you know doing the adulting thing for the first time like alone like i was away from home at that time i like lived in port st Lucie, florida for like most of my life i was now uh, in orlando florida um i was with my sister me and my sister were living together uh, for those first couple of months um but it was really really hard it was like a really really big adjustment there were so many things being thrown my way it felt like a lot to juggle and my mental health was deteriorating bad like very 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 badly um when i was 17 i was diagnosed with major depressive disorder um that was shortly after having a really really uh bad depressive episode where i mean at that time when i was like whoo like 16 17 that was probably like one of the well two years of like a very very dark period in, in my life like at that time i had like attempted suicide like six times uh and it was it was very very not good just a very very bad time but fortunately you know through friends through uh family even well, more, well not necessarily family because at that time they they had really no idea what was going on right. um they didn't really understand it you know like for a lot of them it was just very very new like i'm like um i'm, I'm caribbean american both of my parents are immigrants so right. to them they were like we don't understand like what's going on with you like what do you mean you're sad like you're sad like for what like i we don't understand like you have a roof over your head you got clothes on your back like what what are you sad for like i should be sad i gotta work all these crazy ridiculous hours for you guys. Like, like i don't understand right and you know not for nothing like like i understand coming from their cultural background like you know there, there are no real conversations about mental health and that in a way was kind of like the seed that eventually led to captain zero being I born but it. you know fast forward a few months to me being in college and just having a really really bad 
time, I, I went into a very, very bad depressive episode. I remember being on the floor, like curled up in the fetal position, like crying. And all of the thoughts in my mind were very, very bad, dark, negative thoughts. Most of which were really just thinking about various ways. Because at the time, my sister wasn't home. It was just me alone in the house. Right. And at the time, literally the only thing I was thinking of was like... How fast can I go to the kitchen and find something to hurt myself or is there something sharp in the bathroom that I could use to possibly make me not feel what I'm feeling? Right. Very, very bad, very dark, negative thoughts. But then in the midst of me having all these thoughts, I had this kind of realization, this kind of epiphany where I realized I obviously one of the main reasons why I want to do these bad things to myself is because I don't want to feel the way that I'm feeling. But could there possibly be another way for me to exercise this feeling without me causing harm to myself? And when I had that thought, I, my brain instantly kind of went back to what has been my saving grace since the very beginning. And that was art. So uh, instead of reaching for a razor blade, I went... Uh, into my kitchen and I grabbed a piece of paper and I grabbed a pencil and I just started drawing. Right. And within like 15 minutes, I had made the first ever drawing of Captain Zero. Whoa. And funny enough, initially when I conceptualized Captain Zero, it wasn't supposed to be about a superhero at all. It was really just supposed to be about my senior year in high school, discovering that I had been diagnosed with major depressive disorder and essentially trying to navigate that, trying to figure out what that was being a black person, being a person who's a child of immigrants, essentially trying to really tell the story of what is it like dealing with mental health issues when you come from a community and come from a space where damn near nobody knows what you're talking about and nobody can explain or even understands yeah. and that's really where the base concept came from and then from there um as i just kind of went on and further further wanted to develop it i thought about all the other you know uh, things that have inspired me over the years my love of superheroes my love of you know writers like stan lee and stuff and i was like no like i kind of want to get back to like that original idea i had when i was five years old and i saw Spider made the animated series and i was like i want to make a cartoon of a superhero and i'm like let me do that and then again i also thought about like static and how it'd been canceled for years and how there was at the time like no indication that anything moving forward like that would ever happen again and i was like yeah. well if nobody's going to make or tell this story then i want to tell the story and i knew that it would be so unique because i know that something that is a, a common trope among superheroes is i mean the, the most you might ever see a superhero hero really dealing with the repercussions of their day-to-day -day life is in spider-man because you know yeah. he's poor and he has to you know do a lot just to be able how to am i gonna pay rent like this that. month you know all that yeah. stuff yeah and, you know he he's probably the superhero that we get to see the most of the mental toll that it takes on being a superhero but i'm like but you know we've never really seen a superhero deal with depression like full-blown depression medically diagnosed depression and, I, and i'm not talking about you know exogenous depression that lasts for a couple of months i'm talking about this is a condition that this person has that they're going to have to live with and deal with for the rest of their life right where is that story right. and i was like that is my life that is my live life experience and i've never seen that story translated in any kind of way and i don't know if anybody necessarily has the ability to because again so much of that is based on that live life experience so i was like if nobody is going to tell the story, then I'm going to tell the story. Right. And then, yeah, that's that. That's basically where the the uh, the story for Captain Zero came from. Um, just like Kyrie said, yeah, like before, like we all got on. Um, 
I was just giving you like roses for because I mental health is huge for me. Um, mm. And I love like the message, like, and for people that don't like go to therapy, um, <laughs> like the message where it's like next time, like, you know, try and, you know, tell the, the whole truth. Like uh-huh. <laughs> it, it doesn't like therapy doesn't help unless you are being true. Cause like you have to, yeah. you have to get to that root. You got to open up yourself to it. Yeah. And it, it's scary. It's scary. But like, like that's, it, you're not helping yourself. Like if, yeah. you're, if you're like thinking like, Oh, I don't want to tell how I truly feel. Cause mm-hmm. this person's going to judge me. Um, but I, 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 I'm another thing that I'm huge on is representation. And I, I, yeah. I know it's a, it's a big problem. Like, for like immigrants and uh, mm. the black community, because I'm I'm half Filipino, and I know when I've gone to mm. like my family on that side and talked about like my mental health, they're like, you know, like oh, I just be like, happy, what? like, but yeah, like we need, like, yeah, <laughs> what's going on? Pray to Jesus, exactly, live exactly. There, like, what, what are you stop feeling that? Yeah, <laughs> and I I, did, I I love like like just stuff like this that like. Mm like like hey like it's okay like everybody deals with like their own baggage like it's okay to seek help and yeah because yeah it's 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 not a stereotype that like i i have like a lot of black friends and like even some mm. of my cousins are half black and it's just like mm. mental health is not talked about enough in these no. communities and no, I, I think not. i think it's a, i think it's a huge move like you know i'm Man, when I when I saw like the trailer and then I watched the short film, I was like, I'm hooked, mm. bro. I'm hooked. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. Like, I love when people tell me that. Like, my favorite thing to hear whenever people tell me that they've seen the short film and they get to the end is they're always like, "That's it." Like, right. <laughs> I want more, and I'm like, "Yes, that's the exact feeling that I want you to Not have." Like, real. I want you to feel like, "Where's the rest? Where's the more? Where, where is this in long form?" And I'm like, "Yes." get on all your social media platforms <laughs> and be like i want more long form captain zero so Facts, you know when we're having though. these conversations with these networks and stuff people can see that there's an audience that want this story like i i know like every single time i get the opportunity to speak to someone about captain zero the show its premise its its message the response is always the same it's always a resounding like I need this right now. Like, I want to see this. Like, this idea is amazing. And it's so beautiful, one, first and foremost, as an artist, to know that the messages and the themes and ideas you put into your art are being conveyed, that people are understanding that. But also, moreover, it's just such a beautiful thing to see how this show touches and resonates with people, that people feel seen, that they're like, I relate to that. I can, you know, I've experienced that. And that's the, for me, the most beautiful transcending thing about art is that the more specific you make it, the more you find how all of these live life experiences that we have as humans is so universal. Like everybody might not be able to specifically relate to the fact that Xerxes is a dark skinned black child of immigrants. Like that's a very specific live life experience, yeah, but right. you can relate to being a teenager and being in your senior year of high school and being confused as to what you are supposed to be doing with your life. Exactly. Or the fact yeah. that now you have to figure out what your future is. You can relate to the fact of, you know, uh, 
dealing with mental health issues and not necessarily knowing where to turn or not necessarily knowing how to express these kinds of things or being fearful of being judged if you truly do open up. Like these are all things that are universal messages that people connect with and it always, always, always makes me so happy whenever I see people connecting with it in that way and I'm like, yes, like I know <laughs> that this is a story that needs to get out there and needs to get told and what's so beautiful is the more and more progress that we've made on the show the, the more and more people we've been able to show the actors we've been able to get on and attach and bring on like it's been so beautiful seeing all these other people also see the value in captain zero right yeah i mean no seriously and i think that's such a beautiful thing that you know and like i mentioned like this is just something that whole concept that I personally haven't seen the only hero that really comes to mind when I think about this. And this kind of gave me that vibe. It was kind of century from Marvel. You know, the fact of mm. his mental health is also like low key, his main antagonist too, you know? Um, and yeah. it's like a physical embodiment of that. I think that's so dope. I mean, and, um, you know, but, yeah. but also, you know? cause like, it's like, yeah, I'm no, sorry. I'm sorry. No, go no, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, like, like for me, the thing that I love the most about, like, the way that I write my stories and the way that I write my characters is I'm really, really into, like, trope subversion. Because tropes, I mean, exist for a reason. When executed yeah, well, exactly. you know, they, they help serve a, specific, a particular purpose for the story. But what I really love is I really love introducing ideas or themes of concepts that people are familiar with and then flipping them or twisting them right. or, like, you know, inverting what you understand about them. So as it relates to the superhero genre, we know that because uh, most superheroes in most popular media are essentially made to deal with all of their problems existentially you know they use violence to deal with their problems you know you you punch and you beat up bad guys right. that's the baseline of what it means to be a superhero <laughs> all of your most of your problems as a superhero are external so for me i was like i want to play with that trope i want to yeah there are external battles that he's dealing with but the most important battle that he's dealing with right. is the one that's on the inside there is a kind of fight that he's dealing with that is way harder than punching right. a super super overpowered enemy there is the dark and evil thoughts that exist inside your head there is nobody that can be your that can be as worse of an enemy for you than you can be to yourself at times. Mm. And I'm like, that's what I want to show. I want to show that, you know, because again, you know, that that's not really something I've ever really seen seen on that level exactly. on that magnitude and i'm like i want to create a whole narrative that is specifically focused on that what is this inner journey of what it truly means to be a superhero you right. know and you know and with that too man like you know like you said just to see it on that level is just something i personally haven't seen and i like y'all said i'm super excited to see once this thing completely, completely gets just thrown in our oh, faces yeah. and just gets like this full, like, man, I want a movie. Can you make a movie, dog? I mean, come on, man. Like, come on, man. Where is that? Like, don't don't play with my emotions like this, man. This concept is so dope. And with that, you know, um, you know, it's popular nowadays, you know, the whole superhero team and like superhero universes mm -hmm. and all that such, right? One character that really stood out to me, and I, I'm like, dang, let me find out more about her, is Oblivion, Butterfly. man. Oh, Oblivion looks so dope, dog. Uh, Oblivion. Oh my oh god, she looks so dope. I mean, like, what's what's the backstory? What's the backstory with all these other characters, man? Because I got to know more about that, man. 
Oh man, so so many like uh, I I believe one of the keys to writing well is you know you gotta write what you know you gotta mm-hmm. write what you know so so many of my supporting characters that exist exist in Captain Zero are based off of real life people that I really know or real life experiences that I've really had right. so in all of these characters you know I try to show and display not only different aspects of me but also you know aspects of other people that I've grown to like met like I knew that with Captain Zero there were again like going back to the thing of like tropes there were certain things that I wanted to be there or present and find interesting ways to subvert them like something that exists inside of captain zero so like captain zero he's he's technically part of a technically like literally he's a part of a superhero team like it's not just him it's him and butterfly girl like they're you're a team they're a duo right and the thing that i really like about butterfly girl is that you know they're best friends obviously in real life but butterfly girl despite the fact that she has no superpowers she is actually the superior superhero she is actually the one who tactically you know intellectually she's got the superhero thing down like xerxes the one who's kind of like you know tripping over his own feet trying to like figure out you know what to do and how to you know best execute these kinds of things and again i just thought that was another very interesting way to play off of that kind of dynamic with the whole hero sidekick kind of thing and then again also kind of doing a balancing act with the fact of like oh male superhero female superhero um and how in the traditional sense usually most of the male superheroes getting the sun uh getting the the spotlight like yes the show is called captain zero and it's about captain zero <laughs> right but when it comes to the dynamic of being a superhero like daisy is really actually like the star of the show her is mm. butterfly girl That's and the way that she kind of helps him and you know mentors him you know not only as a friend but also you know as you know a crime fighting duo um and what i really really wanted to show and display in xerxes and daisy's relationship is honestly like the beauty in platonic relationships one first and foremost yeah like i wanted to show a dynamic between two characters male and female where it's like they are friends just friends and there's, there's no romantic subplot that's yeah. going to yeah. like there's that's never going to happen like so much right. so to the point like i literally made daisy a lesbian just because oh, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna like, double just, down. Just admit that in the bud. It's like, nah. I'm like, I'm going to, you're right. It's like, I'm going to double down on the fact that, like, no, nothing these is going characters to will not get Obviously. together. They will not get together. Right. But what you should really, you know, learn to take away from them is like their love and their care for one another, how strong their bond is, and to show, you know, that bond. And also, you know, uh, a begin because so much of uh, Captain Zero is also speaking to, you know, the black experience, like. Black women, in a lot of ways, uh, when I think of the black community as a whole, they are our superheroes. They are very often the ones who are at the front lines, the ones who are dealing with the brunt of some of the worst things that society throws at us. And oftentimes for better and for worse. And I'm like, I really want to create a character that, uh, you know, pays homage to that, that shows that for all of the great things that it can be. And also having honest conversations about how hard that can be, about how there's conversations that are had between Xerxes and Daisy, where Daisy is like, you know, like, I'm tired of being the strong friend. I'm tired of having to be the person that's always Mm. having to pick you up and you kind of just doing whatever. (laughs) And I'm always just kind of left to pick up the pieces and being able to have those real conversations. Mm. So that. That was something that was very important to me to show in that dynamic um as it relates to oblivion when i conceptualized that character i i really was thinking of like i wanted like a black cat-esque kind of character i wanted like an anti-hero kind of character um 
that would really work well with the various ways we try to show heroism in the way that it's displayed. Mm. Like Daisy, obviously, uh, you know, Butterfly Girl, she is the ideal kind of archetype of heroism that most people are familiar with. Right. Um, Xerxes, Captain Zero kind of exists as like this newer kind of archetype of what it means to be a hero. The kind of unseasoned, untrained, still kind of trying to figure it out, but also at the same time is forming his own individual opinions and thoughts and feelings about what it actually truly means to be a hero. And then having Oblivion kind of exists as like this other kind of archetype, this like anti-hero, mm -hmm. this person who for the most part has a lot of, you know, selfish, self-serving interests but eventually kind of gets to the point where they realize uh you know the greater good and how that's ultimately you know beneficial and having a character like that but then you know introducing them as being like no this is like a super like badass person who you do not want to you know cross right, right. you know steps with um yeah also again like um Something that I did with intention when creating Captain Zero is I wanted to make a show where I could show the variety of blackness. I feel like very often in a lot of media, when it comes to depicting blackness as an experience or the black community, very often we get very one dimensional, yeah. you know, very one note depictions of what blackness is and what it can be, not realizing that blackness in, in an experience is very, very vast. Yeah. Like, you know, the experience that someone who has, who is African-American can vary pretty significantly for someone who is like Caribbean American, like for myself, like my live life experience as a dark skinned person who is the child of immigrants, while it is very similar to that of someone who's like African-American, someone who's like a direct descendant of like chattel slavery in America, like it's still different there are still lots of specificities into those experiences mm. even though there's a lot of overlap right. so what i wanted to show in captain zero was i wanted to have a show that had all of these various different black characters but all had these various different intersections of blackness like daisy she is polyethnic her father is black her mother is white you know xerxes he's black he's dark-skinned but he's the child of immigrants you know oblivion um, she's Cuban, but she's also trans. She's a dark-skinned black trans woman. So it's like in all of these experiences, you know, you have male, you know, you, you know, you have a a, a lesbian, uh, uh, polyethnic woman. You have a dark-skinned child of immigrants. You have another dark-skinned trans woman. It's like all of these are black experiences, but all of these are different and specific. And I want to show all of these and all of the ways and how they are similar, but also in all of the ways and how they are different and distinct and unique. And to show people in a real visceral way that like, hey, blackness is not monolithic. Like if you think you know everything there is to know about blackness or black people, I promise you, you don't. Right. <laughs> I promise, I right. promise you, you really only ever really scratch the surface. Right. And I, I really wanted to create something that would give a more in-depth full understanding of what it means to be black because that is that e even that like i could spend and i quite literally will <laughs> like i could literally spend my entire life only telling black stories and i wouldn't even get right like a quarter of the way <laughs> exactly of showing just how diverse all of these experiences all of these live life experiences are exactly. and it's like that's also another thing i wanted to show and create with intention absolutely and that's like the biggest problem that I have with like television or, or film, um, specifically, I think television, you know, when it comes to telling those stories of 
black people and brown people and you know everything else in between is like I feel like Hollywood has this just one view or one story that they're trying to tell where it's mm-hmm. like and, and me speaking from you know I'm a Latino man myself right I'm also the mm-hmm. son of an immigrant right mm-hmm. um, where I put on shows like um, I, I can't even think of an example right now but like you know where everybody has like a very exaggerated accent um, yes oh god you know and of course you have your stereotypical you know um just they pick the most the loudest stereotypes yeah mm-hmm. to put on tv and call that representation when you have shows yeah. like let's take it back to probably the greatest latino show that will ever live the george lopez show what it was like that was such a realistic depiction of what just a regular ass latino family is yeah no ridiculous stereotypes you know Mm. none none of that you know and and i think the show that came closest to it um what's it called this fool or something like that you know what i'm talking about this fool that that show was great to me because again Mm. it didn't really try to sell us the stereotypical you know dim-witted or alcoholic whatever you know mexican family and with this fool it was actually the character was kind of a weenie he lives (laughs) in la you know know among among cholos and shit and he gets fucked with a lot because Mm -hmm. he dresses like a cholo but he definitely isn't one and he's just himself you know, and he deals mm-hmm. with you know mental stuff and all that, all that as well. And he gets himself involved. And I, I relate a lot to that character because of just people that I've grown up around. Where I feel like him, like I, I have the, yeah. I have the look. But when it came down to, hey, we're gonna go jump this fool, we're gonna go do this, we're gonna go do that. I just went mm-hmm. for the ride because I felt like I had to, mm-hmm. not because I wanted yeah. to. So it, it, yeah. I think that's super great. Like, there's this show. What's it called? One day at a time or something like that. I can't stand that show. That show just <laughs> threw every same thing. I love Gabriel Iglesias, but his show is garbage. Uh, it's called oh. Mr. Iglesias or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, so. same I'm thing. Good. It's just stereotype yeah, this... after stereotype. I understand uh... that you know it's he's the one who's putting it on. He's writing a lot of it, you know. But it's, at the same time, it's just like mm-hmm. you can see the network presence in that show. Yeah, you can feel. Yeah. You know what I'm you saying? You can it's... feel the the corporate mandate of it being like, oh well, can can you make it more Mexican? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> exactly. Right. Like I I. I've had the chance to talk to a lot of like various like black actors, like even the actors that I'm working with on the show um, for Captain Zero. And, you know, having people, you know, talk about experiences about being in casting rooms and auditions and stuff like that, where like white producers are telling them after they've read lines of like, can, can you make it more black? Can you make it blacker? And it's like, what? 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 What, that what does that mean? even mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, who, who, who are you to be the arbiter on what is or isn't black or how black something is? Like, this right. is so strange. Exactly. But we often find that in these big corporate studios and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that's what the mandate is, which is why it was so important for me to conceptualize Captain Zero and get this short film out the way that I wanted to, because I, I knew that before I got to that level, before we get to the place where we're selling and putting out on platforms and all that stuff, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that as much of my original ideas and how I conceptualize these characters and everything to stand on its own so people could see, no, this is the kind of story that I'm trying to tell, and I'm not going to deviate from that. Right. 
Right. Yeah, like like and like going back to like the George Lopez show, like just one of the things mm. that made that show so great was how smart it was where yeah. you were never questioning is this a Latino show? Are they really mm-hmm. Mexican? Like, no, obviously they were all brown, but like like you said, like mm-hmm. there was no like you didn't really feel the the force forcefulness of it going be more Mexican, be more this, you know, yeah. like you didn't yeah. feel that. It was just like, like literally the show like, was almost making fun of those type of concepts because a lot of the time, yeah. like George Lopez being mad because his neighbor had like a statue of a, some guy with a sombrero and like the whole episode mm-hmm. would just be about like, why do you have that? Why is that representing us? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I think to tell kind of what like Isaac was saying, like to tell that part of it and like to make those kind of like, um, comments awareness. or yeah, awareness like but also make it funny and entertaining it takes a certain level of almost genius yeah. right like especially in that time people yeah. weren't even thinking like that it was exactly. almost training people to think nice. that. Yeah. yeah yeah and, yeah. and to connect it to to you like the villain in captain zero like i think like it's super dope to see that it's it's literally you know his um like depression and his inner demon has manifested itself and you made it look cool and you made it look scary, and it, it draws the audience in. With and also mm. like it makes them listen. It makes them think. Like, oh wow, you know, like mm. you get the, you get the message. Whereas like you could have easily taken like a different approach and made it, you know, almost seem like 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 preachy, you know, in a way of like mental health. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, that's but, also another thing. Yeah, I, I was very conscious of to avoid because it's like I know that just by its nature it could be very, very easy to slip into that feeling. Like, I don't want to do the thing where I'm finger-wagging at people or, like, trying to shame people. Like, you're not in therapy yet? Shame on you. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's that, that's not what this is for. Again, if anything, what I really want to do is I want... Because I realize the, the power of media. You know, media not only shapes, you know, how we feel about the world, but, like, how we understand it. So I'm like, if I can create a piece of media where I just show you a young black boy who is dealing with mental health issues going to therapy, that in itself is enough to make someone who has never considered that as an option before to see Xerxes going through this, processing his unresolved trauma, you know, actually trying to get to the root of these problems and issues and actually see the way that he's trying to apply it in his life to make someone just see that and go hey you know i've never thought about doing that before i've never considered doing that before i can see in xerxes he has all the same fears and trepidations i did well well, let me give it a try let me give it a shot so it was very intentional about being about like I want to make sure that you know I'm 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 putting the medicine in the applesauce, like not just straight up giving you like a big ass <laughs> spoonful yeah. of like medicine. It's like no, I want it yeah. to go down easy. Like I'm not trying to preach to you about what you should do or the way that you should live your life. Like I'm just trying to show you, hey, here's an alternative. Here's maybe something you haven't thought of before. Here's maybe something you haven't considered. And here's an experience you might feel that is you know speaking to you or reflecting back to you. And here here's an option of maybe how you might want to try to address that right no that that's that's seriously so dope man i mean and like i said i'm super excited for it i i know once this thing is popping it's gonna be oh goodness gracious but i mean also like you know now that you're you're in your groove you know you mm-hmm. you you know thought out captain zero you thought out the story you you know 
thought of all these unique characters and all that such has it inspired you to create maybe other series or tap into you know other creations that you're like oh you know what no let's explore this let's explore that you know whether it's themes that we have or have not seen maybe in media before oh man 100 percent. i mean captain zero was really like really just like the tip of the iceberg like i knew again from like a young age when i realized that i would not make a good worker <laughs> and that i would have to work <laughs> yeah. i knew that ultimately the end goal oh, excuse me i knew that ultimately the end goal would be you know creating an animation studio where i could create all of my ideas all of the right. ideas that i had about stories that didn't exist yet cool stories that existed in my mind that i wanted to create and uh, you know, funny enough, during the writer strike that's currently happening right now, because we were in the actively in the process of pitching Captain Zero, wow. um, and we got a lot of really really great feedback from a lot of networks. Um, that's and, so frustrating. I'm sorry. Dang. I mean, it's ah. it's a double edged sword. I right. mean, there's a part of me that's like ah, like it's it's sad that we weren't able to continue because we we met uh, two really really great production companies mm. that really really were feeling the show and prog uh, and the they were really really feeling the show and i felt like we were definitely going to be able to make some progress to both of those guys and then like the strike out yeah, <laughs> right. so kind of like stopped anything from being able to move forward and that kind of stuff but 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 with all of that being said because i am a new writer i know that one of the i mean one of the main reasons of why the strike is even happening is you know for fair working conditions Yep. It's for mm. better pay. It's for residuals. It's so that being a writer, it doesn't get turned into a gig economy job, which a lot of these major studios are trying to turn it into, and that it's still a sustainable career path. So when I think about what's at stake for the future of writing for both uh, film and television, I'm really, really thankful that this strike is happening because I know that at the end of it, I will be way, way, way better off as a creator, writer, director, artist, producer, voice actor, oh, yeah. because all of the protections that they are seeking to gain from this will ultimately again just better me for the future and all the things that i know that i'm gonna eventually go on to create so it's a double-edged sword as 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 saddening as it can be like oh you know my stuff is kind of on pause uh i'm still very very happy very very thankful and very very supportive to the wga and the fight that they're on and then hopefully sag aftra um right. uh, and you know being able to you know, get all of us creators, you know, the things that we need to actually be able to have a good, you know, sustainable career. Exactly. So, yeah. And a lot of that has to do with kind of like the new, the like the streaming era, right? Because the people who work like yeah. on the streaming side get paid significantly less. Oh my God. And that's ridiculous. Terrible. Which is interesting because those are watched like so and much streaming more. Streaming is just yeah. so the most watched. booming right yeah. now. You'd think it'd be the opposite. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, That's I think, crazy. yeah, like I read, I was reading up about it and it was something like, you know, like writers on like just regular, like, I think they use like late night shows as an example. Mm -hmm. We're making mm -hmm. like, like, I think the budget for that was like 480 something million. Whereas someone for on a streaming show, that budget was eight something, like eight yeah. million or something like that. Yeah. It was like, wow, or 81 million or something like that. I think like the that. boys, it was like a at least a million per episode, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, here, here's the thing, like, like all of crazy. these streaming shows, like, the budgets for them, the budgets are crazy. They're crazy. Like, they're, they're still big budget, and they're still big in terms of, like, their payouts. You know, you have shows mm. like Wednesday that became, like, the most 
streamed most watched uh show ever on netflix's platform sitting at like what 1.3 billion streams within the first 30 days and then you have the writer the writers for that show it's like how do you have a show that does 1.3 billion in streams and then when it comes to the writers getting their residual checks and writers have been posting this like on twitter and on social media platforms showing the residual checks and it's like 13 cents 62 cents like are you kidding me like this show obviously is making money obviously somebody is pocketing it right who is ultimately the question because it's like if the this show would not have 1.3 billion streams if writers did not write it (laughs) there would be nothing for the actors to say there would be nothing for the camera people to shoot there would be nothing for the distributors to sell if it weren't for the writers first creating something that could then be translated in all these other different mediums so it's like here are the people who are the lifeblood of this industry not at all being able to share in the profits of what's making this industry successful and again like when you look at it by the numbers Streaming, by all accounts, is a very profitable business. Very, very profitable. You know, so it's like, why is it that the people who are creating and making this profit not getting cut in on some of it? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. So, you think they would they would respect like these people that are bringing them in all this money? I think about I think about people like like, exactly like I think about people like Quinta Brunson, right? Who is who oh is God, yeah, writing yeah. like one of the most popular shows right now? You know, Abbott Elementary mm-hmm. wrote it mm-hmm. and is in it. You know, and, mm-hmm. and she's part of the strike now because you know. Yeah, and, and I'm like, yeah, man, y'all are so stupid. Like, the, Abbott is bringing you in money. Like, people yeah. love that show. Like, like, why wouldn't you fight to just keep it going? Just like, keep your peeps happy. All they're know? asking for is, is like. 3%. Security, like yeah. you know, like bro, exactly. literally, literally three percent, three percent, literally, literally, that's crazy. Percent. That is crazy. From what these mega media yep. conglomerates make, like they're again, like billions of dollars every single year, and, and they're only asking for three percent. That's like like three percent. I didn't know she wrote Abbott. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's the head writer. She's the showrunner. Uh-huh. Oh wow, she's the yeah. showrunner for that. I get, I get upset when I see yeah. like Jimmy Fallon. That's like, oh, I support the writers. And it's like, well, then, bro, then why are you still, still going? Yeah, why is your show still going? Plus, you make enough where you could help out your writers. Like, so many people make enough where they my, can help out. They yeah. just don't give a fuck. My so, that, so, that is, so that is actually a misconception. So Jimmy Fallon actually is paying all of his writers out of oh, pocket he? during okay. the duration of the strike. Oh, he actually shout is. Out to so I was about to he say, my king, Conan O'Brien, back in yeah. 07. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, yeah, he was doing that same thing. Yeah. Doing that same thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so, so shout out to Jimmy and all the other people who are, you know, trying to do right by the people who yeah. are, you know, keeping their shows afloat. I know, but yeah, there, there needs to be, there needs to be more <laughs> of that, man. It's really, really crazy. And the thing that, again, like, in a way, it's almost kind of a blessing in disguise. Because I remember, like, as we were getting close to, you know, making some of the deals with some of these places, and, you know, there were talks of the writer's strike, like, looming. Yeah. And I remember that even affected, like, one of the pitches that we had. Like, you know, we did a pitch, and it was, like, really, really great. The reception was really, really great. And then we heard the response back from them, and the response was basically like, yo, like, we really loved it. We really enjoyed it. But, like, you know, the market's kind of going through a thing right now. So we don't know if we're going to be able to actively take on any projects in development. So, you know, we're just going to, like, hold off for now, and we'll circle back later. And I remember, you know, reading that and being like, 
oh yeah, this is definitely because of the looming strike. And yeah, yeah I definitely yeah, feel yeah. like the, the strike is going to happen. But I'm also, in a weird way, actually kind of thankful because I know, first and foremost, I'm making a very subversive, very black show. Like, let's just be honest. <laughs> like, I know the kind of project that I'm making. And I know what the mandate is in Hollywood. And I know the way that they treat all unproven success stories, especially when they center black people. I would have been the first project on the chopping block. Oh, yeah. Had I actually locked in a distribution deal, the minute the strike went into effect, I would have got an email from whatever distributor platform and they would have been like, hey, so uh, our you know development deal is you know suspended ad infinitum until yeah. further notice. Like the, the That's sad, ultimately what would have happened. The so sad like, part honestly, is, is like, <laughs> no matter how successful the show would have been too, because I remember, <laughs> I forgot... You know, there was like a couple of Netflix shows that come to mind like immediately, Black Centered and all that such, right? They get they down. were popping. Oh my god. They were down. absolutely popping. But then COVID yes. happened and they just used that as an excuse of oh we can't it's like uh-huh. look, but your streaming mm-hmm. numbers are killing it. So what you mean? Like mm-hmm. actually COVID it. was the rise of streaming. Right. So yeah, it's like, so mm-hmm. you know, the sad part is you are unfortunately right. You could have done like Everything a million right, views like per 24 hours or some mess like that right but then it's just like nah Mm. but we don't see and so honestly you're right you know timing is everything when it comes to these opportunities oh my goodness timing is everything like if there's one great key i've learned in my career it's is that how important timing is and also the second thing that i learned that's the most important is you never know who's watching. Mm-hmm. You never know who's watching, which is why it's just so important to just get your work out there. Like when I was able to secure Angelica Ross onto the project, shout out Angelica Ross. I love her so much. Amazing, beautiful human. I will never stop singing her praises. Um, when I first got her on board on the project, it was literally just because I made a random tweet. Like I posted a picture of, you know, Oblivion, because that was the character. When I created Oblivion in the version that she exists now, because I went through multiple different passes with the character mm-hmm. and how they would look and how the design would be. Yeah. But in when I finally landed on Oblivion's current in, in incarnation where she's uh, you know, has the form of like she transforms and she's like super blue and muscular and super dope. Um, I drew that picture and I posted it on Twitter and I tagged Angelica Ross in it, literally just as a shot in the dark, and I was like, yo. Right. When I made and I designed this version of this character, you were the person I envisioned playing this. Because at that time, it was like 2019, I'd been watching Pose, which is a fucking amazing <laughs> show. Um, and I was like, yo, you are who I see voicing this character. Because that's also another thing I do when I write my scripts. Like, I literally try mm. to find actors that I know that I want to do the voice of certain characters, and I literally write the dialogue in the voice of that oh, actor. That's dope, yeah. Uh, so I was like, yo, like, I literally was thinking of you when I created and made this character. I would love if you did the voice of it. And again, it was just a random shot in the dark. Like, I don't even know where that idea came from. I was just like, you know, let me just put that out in the universe. Let me just put it into the ether and see what happens. Imagine my fucking surprise when 30, 45 minutes later, I checked Twitter oh, and she's in my comments and she's like, yo, this looks dope. Uh, send me a message. I would love to see how I could get involved in this. That's and I was it. like, what? That's <laughs> right. Dang. Okay. Just, just off of Twitter. And then literally like that led to a snowball effect of all of these other opportunities just because 
I had been creating and working on this thing for so long. So, you know, I DM her, we get the DM and we're messaging back and forth. And she's like, oh my God, like, I love this. I sent her some additional material. She's like, I love this. This is like so great. Like, I want to be a part of this. Like, yo, like, she was like, yo, like, let's do this. Let's, let's hop on a call real quick with my agent. And we're going to talk about, you know, how we can get this out there, how we can get distributors, all this jazz. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. (laughs) So I get on this Zoom call with her and her agent. Um, her voiceover agent and you know we're talking about the project and at the time the short film wasn't done i had like an animatic which was basically like you know a moving visual storyboard basically right um and it had you know me doing the voiceover in it because obviously i couldn't find an actor um to do the voice of xerxes i couldn't pay an actor to do the voice of xerxes so i just voiced myself um and that's the only thing that we had at the time and i had attached it you know to the show deck which is like a visual compilation of like a brief synopsis about what the show is about in its entirety um and i sent that off to her her uh manager and her, her agent and her agent was like uh, watched it and her agent was like oh my god like who did the voice of xerxes like that performance really like blew me away like it was really captivating like who did that and i was like oh this is this is awkward Uh, it's me (laughs) like i i did the voice and she was like are you serious and i was like yeah yeah it was me like i couldn't afford to get another actor so i just did the voice myself and she was like do you have an age and i was like no i don't she's like what you do now oh like oh Oh, okay thank you and i was like oh 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 she she ain't asking like yeah like like just like that just like that and then even like to even like even further like she was like listen i would be straight up with you she was like i don't bullshit people i'm not in the business of doing that i've been in this business a very long time and you didn't know something about me i don't even hop on the call with someone if i don't (laughs) feel like they're worth my time Mm. if they're not worth my time the only reason i'm talking to you right now is because I see the value that exists in this. I see the value that exists in you. And I'm like, holy shit, like that's like (laughs) ridiculous, crazy motivation. And I remember I even got a chance to ask Angelica after the fact, I was like, Angelica, I was like, you don't know me from nowhere. Like you, we, we've never met in real life. We've never, you know, walked past each other. Like I'm literally a random stranger to you. What made you see my tweet and just think, yeah, I'm, I'm going to work with this person. And Jellico was like, you want to know what it is? I saw your tweet. I went to your media tab on Twitter, and I just scrolled. And you know what I saw? I saw that you had been working on this project for years. I saw that you were not waiting for some magical thing to fall out of the sky for you to be able to make your dream happen. You were actively working on it. You were working on scripts. You were working on episodes. I saw these character designs and drawings. Like You were, you were being about it. And she was like, it was that level of determination, motivation. And then again, and she was like, and then when I actually got to read the materials, when I read the materials, it was solid. And that is what fully convinced me. That's what, you know, made me go, oh, yeah, you are someone that I want to work with. Like, this feels like literally uh, a a secret goldmine that I just stumbled across and that nobody knows of yet. And she was like, and I'm going to make sure that it's my personal like goal to make sure that the world knows of this gold mine that it exists and i'm like oh my god that's That's gotta be so so validating oh my goodness like so so validating like oh my goodness like i was like like uh, like because again like this year september 26th september 27th uh we'll make eight years Damn. since i've been working on captain zero oh, wow. eight yeah, years it's been dope. almost an entire 
decade yeah. working on this show and only in the last two years have i been able to make this crazy significant progress towards captain zero actually being able to speed towards you know production and getting yeah. out um and it's been a super super amazing journey and i remember every like every single year I would always, you know, look back and, and look at the progress that I was making that year. And I remember for like those first four years, five years, I always felt a certain level of like disappointment because I felt like, you know, I wasn't where I wanted to be. And I didn't I didn't I wasn't seeing the fruits of my labor, not knowing that everything that I was doing was building up to that point. I, what I really needed was the time to build up all of those assets. Like the short film is a culmination of like six different attempts of making a proof of concept for Captain oh, wow, Zero. Yeah. Like, if you go to my YouTube, you'll see, like, three different older versions of a similar kind of concept. And you even see certain scenes that are the same, that are just kind of revamped inside, like, the short film. You can right. see that I've been working and retooling these ideas for years until I finally perfected it. Like, the draft of Captain Zero that exists right now, the one that I sent to all the producers, uh, actors, the ones that every single time I send to someone, they're like, this is amazing, I need this, I love the show, and it gives people their confidence in me as a writer. It took me 120 plus drafts to get there. Oh, I literally man. stopped counting after 120. <laughs> so it's probably like 130 something. Right. Be like that. But it literally took me 120 plus drafts of just that first script, just the first one, the first yeah. episode. Wow. To get it to the place where no matter who i send it to they're like oh no this is this is this it, is it. Yeah. yeah oh yeah you know it takes that stranger to, to like validate you for it to really hit though because i feel like unless i mean i don't know i i, I know too many people that have friends that just are not honest with them and will tell them anything they do yeah. is fire yeah. you know oh yeah <laughs> or you know sometimes your friends are secret haters and they'll tell you yeah that shit's dope when it sucks and they know it and they try to stunt mm. your growth you know yeah. but like when you get it from a stranger right especially on twitter who has no skin right? <laughs> who has no it doesn't matter you know no effect on them whether it's good or not they can very easily you know talk some shit and be a hater on online but they went out of their way to tell you like no this shit is dope like yeah. that's when you know you you got was... something you got something, mm. you know, and um, I'm glad you bring you bring up though, like that, how long it took, because one thing. Oh like, my god! <laughs> people think it's overnight. Like I know oh, when yeah. Captain Zero finally comes out, there will be so many people who who just become hit to it, who are just like, "Yo, this new thing looks so cool," and they and they're gonna think that like, "Oh, this thing like just came out." Like, "Oh, this has uh, only been in development for like what, like two years?" Like, no. We're talking about almost a decade, almost 10 years right, exactly. of working on this to get it to this point, you know? Um, damn, I was going to say, even to the point of what you were making earlier about, like, you know, the, getting the validation from strangers. For me, it, it wasn't necessarily the validation of a stranger. It was the validation of someone, one, first and foremost, who I admire, but two, someone who actually has the credentials to provide a legitimate critique. Because for mm. me as an artist, like there's two different kinds of critiques you can get. There's like a general critique that, you know, comes from just someone that's ill-informed. But that critique to a certain extent is still valid because there's always going to be people who don't know anything about you or your work or the subject matter you're working in who still need to be able to engage with the property or the project. So that critique is valid. But for me, a higher or, for lack of a better term, more valid 
uh, critique comes from people who are actually knowledgeable about the thing that you're doing. So for me, getting that validation from Angelica was super, super validating because this is this is a classically trained actor. Yeah. This is someone who sees and looks at scripts daily. This is someone who has to review bad scripts and pass them up daily. Like she literally just finished doing a stint on Broadway. Like this is someone who knows what they're talking about. They know the difference between good and bad. They know the difference between something that is producible and non-producible. And this person told me without blinking, like I want to get behind this. I want to throw my full weight of whatever it is I can do to get this out on screens on television and that for me was like oh no i really got something here <laughs> it's like it's like broke people giving you financial advice basically it's like it's like sure you could maybe tell me what not to do but you can't really help yeah. me in terms of yeah. where i'm trying to go but here's someone who's done what i'm trying to do and more telling me no you got it yeah. That was like, oh, okay. No, I got it. <laughs> yeah. I also love how you, you're you honest about how long it took. I know way too many creatives, right? And I use that word loosely <laughs> with, for these people who <laughs> claim that they, you know, or, or it's just like, I'm waiting for this to pick back up, but they're not doing anything actively to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I could easily say, I've been working on, on writing this script for X amount of years. But mm-hmm. I've only really wrote for two months. Right. I've been I've been working right. on it for two months. Like let's be honest. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. as a in creator, total, you've only been working on it for two months. Exactly. Like-, like like just because mm-hmm. you've been sitting on an idea doesn't mean you're working on it. You know, like right. I feel pe- people especially I see it so much. I know a lot of rappers. I see it so much with them that it's just like mm. they don't take the proper steps. Like I then we go on your your Twitter and I see you taking all the right steps. You're networking. You're you're doing all this right. And I've I've said on the show before, and I'm going to say it until the day the show ends. Is yeah. if you are a creative, right? Or you making music, you making videos, you making fucking TikToks, podcasts, right? Like you need to have mm. a presence online. You need mm. to to have the skill to to network and to promote your show if you're shy online you're not going anywhere in life like this business yeah. entertainment as yeah, a whole is a go-getter business like it's not I a spectator sport yes you need to be mm-hmm. seen you know what i mean and 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 that was a fucking bar but um <laughs> but, <laughs> you gotta create you know if exactly creative, you, gotta you gotta work create. you can't be a writer who doesn't write you can't be an artist who you know hasn't you know put anything out like you have to create and i feel like that's the thing that when people come across the shit that i make they they not only see it and when they interact with me but they can quite literally see it in my work if you go to my twitter right now like you'll see to kind of like go back to what you were saying earlier about like yo are there any other projects that you're working on like captain zero was the first of many like we have a backlog of i think right now like 12 of the projects that right. we have that's going to come out for cutting edge animation right now i'm using the downtime because of the writer strike to further develop four other projects so by the time the writer strike is over not only will we be able to get hit the ground back running with picking back up where we left off with captain zero but now we have four other projects that we're ready to take out to these other networks because as we were talking to these other platforms there were a couple of people that were like yo we really like captain zero we really think this is dope but like our network is kind of looking more for like comedies or oh we're looking more for uh sure 
short form programmer or we're looking for things that are more family friendly in this vein and, and Captain Zero just doesn't fall into that. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's great news for me because, again, I've got a backlog of yeah. X many shows and movies <laughs> and project ideas. And I have a project for every single one of those mandates that you're looking for. Oh, you want something that's more family friendly? Oh, well, I've got the Necromancer. Oh, you want something that's, you know, more comedy based? Oh, well, we've got Space Friends. Oh, you want something that's more mystical sci-fi? We've got Nick's the Dream Warrior. Oh, you want something that's more adult contemporary, but like more violent, maybe like in the adult swim kind of vein? We have Bounty Hunter Strippers in Space. Like, Come on. Hey, we, we, we got <laughs> right, right. No, that's dope. I mean, what what's like probably out of those four? I know it might be kind of hard to choose, and this might not even be a fair question. But which one are you mm. at least at the m- moment the most excited for? The most like, ooh, like okay, I think people are really, really gonna dig this. Oh man, that you that is a hard question. I know, I know, so it's not fair. Love. I know, <laughs> there's so there's so much to love about. All of them, to be honest, like I don't, I don't right. do anything that I don't love. Like the right. same level of passion, intensity that I have for Captain Zero, I have for every project that I make and create. Like what's really special to me about these next batch of these four other projects that I'm developing with my writing partner is, it's the first because we've been writing together literally like he was there when I conceptualized Captain Zero. Mm-hmm. Um, like I met him, I, I probably met him like one month after I'd like conceptualized oh, Captain shit. Zero. Oh, wow, yeah. And since that point, we had literally been writing together all the way up until this time. Right. And we've had lots of people that, you know, were, you know, came with us and started with us and worked with us and lots of people left. And again, I've been working on this project for eight years and out of all of the people that have been that have come and gone he has stayed and been here throughout this whole time so these next batch of projects we're getting ready to work on they're the first group of projects where we're both credited as dual creators we're both co-creators for all of those projects so even just that is like another thing that i love about them but like man with the necromancer for example i really really love that project that's got me really really hype and excited because I really got to delve into more of my culture. Like I'm Haitian mm. and something that has always like fascinated me. Like I've always been, I mean, I grew up in a very religious household, um, but I always found, you know, religion, theology, very, very fascinating. And, you know, as I grew up and I, and I grew older, you know, um, I, you know, started to want to learn more different things, you know, for myself. And what I realized as I was kind of doing more research about like this show and this project, um, because it has to do with voodoo and hoodoo, I wanted to accurately represent. Excuse me. I wanted to accurately represent voodoo and hoodoo. And what I realized while working on this project and doing all this research for it is that mythology, for the most part, like most people are familiar with like Norse gods, Greek gods, Egyptian gods, right? Mm. And with all of those mythologies that most people know, there is a general understanding that the temperament of most of these deities, you know, vary from person to person. Like, you know, everybody knows, generally speaking, that like Zeus is an asshole, you know? But like, they don't think all of the Greek gods are assholes or all of the Greek gods are bad or evil. However, there is the stigma when it comes to Haitian mythology um, or theology that all uh, Loa, or you could say like these Haitian deities, that they're all evil, that they're all malevolent. Like you literally just say the word voodoo and the first thing that pops in people's minds is black magic, witches, uh, you know, voodoo dolls, like blood sacrifices, devil worship. These are the first things that come to people's minds when they think about voodoo and hoodoo. Not at all realizing that 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 is a very, very 
Western, whitewashed, intentionally so, like devalued version of what is actually true of this practice. And when I actually started to learn more about voodoo and hoodoo and what these actual beliefs are, I was blown away. One, first and foremost, because I was learning all these things about my culture and heritage that even for me growing up, I was taught to believe was bad, even in my own Haitian household, because, you know, both of my parents are, you know, Christian and religious, even they had a version of understanding their own culture that was for lack of a better term, like a colonized, whitewashed, you know, version of their actual history that actually is not true or accurate to what it is. So when I started doing all this research and learning about the different deities and how they show up and how they manifest, it was so beautiful to find out that, like, the reality is Haitian mythology is very, very similar to all these other mythology. Like, there are good deities and there are bad deities, just like there are in any other kind of mythology. But, like, the prevailing narrative is is that all deities in voodoo and hoodoo are evil. They're all bad. They're all trying to steal your soul or do some trick with the devil or, or do something. That's not at all what it is. Like, the most popular Haitian deity that's ever existed in media is Papa Legba. You've probably oh. seen him in American Horror Story uh, for what is it? Uh, he was in Coven and he was also in another one. He was played by Lance Riddick. Right. Yeah. Even uh, that depiction of him is inaccurate. Like the way that they depict Papa Legba in that, I mean, the only thing that they got accurate about him is that, you know, the fact that, like, you know, he's foul mouthed and he likes cigars and he likes rum, which, huh, surprise, surprise. Why do they keep those particular aspects about him? Um, but, you know, complete, like, the way that they depicted him, they depicted him as almost kind of like, as if he's kind of like a, the devil's lawyer, essentially. Like, kind of, when you want to do a deal with the devil, he's the guy who kind of shows up, who kind of irons out the detail. (laughs) And then, you know, you make your deal and he dips. When the reality is, that's not at all what his, uh, the way that his powers manifest. Like, he is a god of death, that is true, but he is more like, uh, the Grim Reaper, in the sense that he is really uh, being a deity that is made to traverse souls from this realm to the next realm. That's primarily what he does. That's a bulk of what his job is. And he's not at all a malevolent spirit. Like, he's literally just a transporter of souls. That's really it, (laughs) right? But it's like, oh, that's not sexy enough. (laughs) You know, like, like, no, we, we have to make him, you know, some evil kind of thing. And again, it's like, that, that, that's not to say that there aren't, you know, malevolent deities in this mythology, but it's like, when we do this, we pathologize this entire religion. We make this entire practice look like it's bad. And again, surprise, surprise that we do that to the oldest, most prominent black religion. Yeah. Like, that's the religion that we think is bad and evil and has all these things. So I'm like, yo, essentially, when I was, you know, conceptualizing the necromancer, I was like... I want to make essentially a Haitian version of Coco, the 2017 Disney Pixar film. I was like, that movie, I felt like so beautifully captured so much about, you know, like, like that culture, like, and it was so beautiful, like the respect for the dead, the ancestry, all this kinds of stuff. And something that I found that's actually, again, a very close parallel is that very similarly to like that, like hoodoo in its practice is really about animism, the belief that all things are alive and all things are sentient and, uh, and that we as human beings are essentially the guardians of all of these things. And we are meant to protect these things. We should be living in harmony with nature. We should not do things that defile the earth or hurt things or objects or people. And we should treat all these things with reverence, right? Mm-hmm. 
That's the basis of what voodoo and voodoo is. I put like, if I didn't tell you that, if somebody just asked you randomly, what do you think hoodoo is? What, is that what you would have told them? No. Because <laughs> that's not what the general understanding is. And it's like, yo, I want to, my goal of when I create art, first and foremost, I want people to have cathartic experiences. I want people to have almost religious, transcendent, like transcendental experiences. Like I want you to feel like you are really, really experiencing something. I want you to feel like these stories and these narratives and these characters are really jumping out at you and tugging at your heartstrings. But moreover, I want to create informative and entertaining entertainment. Like I want to show people history and culture but also do it in a way that's entertaining. Like I was saying earlier, you know, like I'm not trying to, you know, spoon feed you the medicine, but I am trying right. to teach you something, but I, I don't want to do it in an overtly preachy way, but I do want to open people's eyes to, and dispel certain misconceptions people have. So that is a project I'm super, super excited for. It's also going to be our first film that we make. Like that's oh, going to be our first feature film uh -oh. that we make. And it's also a trilogy. You know, we've got like oh, three snap. films. You know planned out for that one so that oh, one is, is one I'm, I'm super excited for but then you know there's the space friends which is you know the show that andre and i created it was primarily his brainchild and we really kind of made the show honestly just kind of based off of our friendship and it's about um this uh part human part fish person uh named jillian Workid. And basically she lives like in, in the future, like like basically like in the year 3000, 4000. Um, and her father was a scientist. He was like a very, very uh, prominent scientist. And he was learning uh, information about the fourth dimension and fourth dimensional technology. And basically he just disappears one day. Um, and the entire show was pretty much about, you know, Jill and this band of other aliens and creatures that she comes across uh, going across space and the cosmos, going on all these crazy wild adventures, looking for her dad, trying to find her dad mm. um and that show again just because so much of the elements just have to do with like friendship and love and community like that's another thing i'm also super super excited for but then there's also you know bounty hunter strippers in space which i love so much because it's like cocaine bear it's like the title <laughs> tells you everything you right. need to know about the show like I could tell you nothing else like literally just the title will tell you everything you need to know about the show right. bounty hunter strippers in space it's it's exactly sure. what the title says it is. Oh, um, <laughs> Cowboy Bebop with strippers. You know, I mean, that's big. That's basically like if I were to give you a show comparison, that's basically what it is. It's, it's Cowboy Bebop with strippers. You know, uh, yeah, it's it's about a group of uh, bounty hunters who also double as strippers who live on this planet called Planet Nubia. That's basically run entirely by uh, this corrupt, evil crime syndicate group. And yeah, they're basically trying to put a stop to it because that group and conglomerate is basically trying to enslave the entire planet. So they they they're trying to put a put a stop to it. Um, and that one's just super dope because I want that one to be like super stylized and like right. basically like I want that to feel like if Quentin Tarantino ever made an anime, <laughs> <laughs> oh like with goodness. the way that I want to yeah. show and depict like the violence right. in there, right. you know. But like it's gonna be like space, so like instead of like red blood, it's gonna be like green or like purple <laughs> oh, was, and blue with like sparkles and shit. Right. And like, oh man, it's gonna Visually, be crazy. Yeah. Gonna be and crazy. then mix the dream warrior. Like that show, I just think conceptually is just really, really cool. And visually, that'll be something that's really, really stunning. Like 
that show I really like that's going to be the most ambitious visual project we have because so much of it has to do with dreams and the dream world. It's about uh, this character named Minx, it's a non-binary person who uh, has narcolepsy. Um, and uh, basically, uh, they basically find themselves one day, they end up in like in this narcoleptic coma where they end up in the dream world. Their body ends up astral projecting and they end up going into this dream world and they find out about basically this whole other dimension that exists and how essentially like dreams are essentially another universe and how everyone when they go to sleep essentially traverses this other universe except you know they're allowed to come back but because you know Nynx has narcolepsy uh they're pretty much uh in between these worlds at all times um and because of this it kind of makes them the perfect person to kind of stop what's happening yeah. there is this big like demonic figure that is basically trying to plunge both worlds both our world and the dream world into total darkness and, Dr and Nynx is pretty much the only person who can traverse both worlds who can you know essentially put a stop to it and that show again like all the stuff that we're going to show with like the dreams and how nix enter different dreams and we're going to use different art styles and oh my god it's just going to be so 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 visually ambitious oh, yeah. so for all of these projects it's like man there's just so much to love like i i straight up did not answer your question I can't <laughs> no 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 that's completely fine no because I, mean, I, like I, I can't there's, 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 they're, they're there's so, so much to love about each and every one of them and we're super excited to see you know your progress not only with captain zero but all these projects you know film tv you know once this strike ends and everyone can finally eat you know we're excited to see oh my you know, god listen <laughs> oh my god listen listen and honestly man i'm trying to like the, the way that i'm really trying to move after the strike moves is like i'm really trying to hit all of this shit back to back like in an ideal world like it will be like oh this is announced like captain zero just got picked up by x network to do this and then like two weeks later it's like lamar has got this overall deal at this platform and like four other projects are gonna come out and it's <laughs> oh, this, this, it. this and this right 100%, you know man. 100%. 100%. Mm -hmm. and then after all that Y'all gonna produce oh, a, 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 a white noise cartoon. <laughs> a Sammy cartoon. A Sammy cartoon. Have you seen our, our logo? Uh, I have. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I have seen your logo. Yeah. He's hella cute. Oh, yeah. There he, he should be right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He hella cute. But <laughs> I mean, yo, listen, we've, I, we've already got a really dope group of animators behind us who are going to, you know, do all of our proof of concepts that we're going to put out next year for all of these projects. Because, again, I mean, you know me, like I'm I'm waiting for nobody. I'm not waiting until right. I get the, the call from the network to be like, yo, let's make the show. It's like, no, I'm getting together with my team. We're making proof of concepts just like we did with the short film and we're putting it out and letting the world know, like, hey, this is a thing that exists. Because for me. Like I'm a, I'm super super big on manifestation, but sometimes I feel like people often can do manifestation wrong when they feel like the only thing that you need to manifest is to just think really badly about how you want something. And for me, it's like I have to do more than just think really badly about how I want something. I have to then make it tangible because if it is tangible, now it is real. Like the fact that the short film of Captain Zero exists tells you that a show will now exist of the show because now there is a short preview that exists you already see that this is something right. that has been put into the world it's like this concept this idea is now real i've already stated and said that this is a prelude to what you can expect for the full-blown series so now it is real Absolutely. even if you go to my twitter right now and like all of the shows that i just told you about i just did the cover art 
uh, drawing for all of them that we're going to use for the show deck. And it's like, now that all these cover arts exist of these characters, you can see what the characters look like. It's like, now it's real. Now there is a place in quantum space where this fully fleshed out idea now exists solely because now there is a real tangible version of this that exists in the world. So I feel like the more and more I do that, the more and more I help all of these ideas that I have become real. It's how you turn, you know, absolutely fiction into reality. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Man, well, well, thank you for shedding so much light on you hit so many different things, you know, and it's just always interesting to see. And I also think, aside from it being interesting, it's important for mm. anybody listening who has probably had an idea or who wants to be creative or maybe even not. Maybe it's somebody who's just been in a rut and like just mm. things aren't working out for them and. You know, and they see just how much time and work and how really, I mean, and like we've also said this on the show in the past is timing is everything where, you know, I'm sure <laughs> this took eight years to get here and, you know, really things had just been taken off in the past too. But like, had you given up in those six years prior to that, then, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, things, you know, things happen for a reason. Things happen how they're supposed to happen. And I think that you coming on here and just basically confirming that is is huge for a lot of our listeners and maybe even our, us ourselves. You know, Definitely. I mean, like yeah. we're all creatives mm-hmm. in here. You know, um, and I, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I didn't graduate, you know, film school in 2016 and then sat around and did nothing. You know, because <laughs> I I am I am notorious for just getting smacked in the face with writer's block and just life in general. Um, but I mean. It took time, you know, and and the time mm. was last year when we started this show, you know, and 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 you know, same thing with with Josh. I mean, Josh was, you know, been trying to be a filmmaker for a long time, and I mean, this year he finally got to be an extra in a movie. So I mean, that's a, a step mm-hmm. towards making your dream a reality. You know, like you exist, just like you said, you exist. He exists now in a film that's going to live forever, exactly, because it's a digital piece exactly. of art. Like it's going to live forever, you know, and. Yeah, it's just, it's up for here. So I mean, you know, shout outs and thank you for coming on and, Seriously, and telling us you. your story and and just we can't wait to see all the dope things that that come out of this, man. Absolutely, for real. Oh, thank you guys. Thank yeah. you guys. Thank you for the platform. Thank you for allowing me to come on here and and tell my story and, and and speak my truth and to tell you about all our upcoming projects. Like, man, I'm always, always, always so appreciative to any and everybody that wants to hear about the story. Like, there is no platform that is too small like i i'm here for the creatives you know and you know when you guys first approached me and told me that you guys wanted me to come on like again like i like i don't turn down any opportunity where i can talk to other fellow artists and then again just possibly be able to give something that can inspire someone to keep going to keep pushing through like man like i went through some hard hard years where there were several points on this journey where i didn't think this would happen there were several points in this journey where I almost threw in the towel. Like there was a point in time where I like for three months did, didn't do anything. Like there was a point in time in 2018 was probably like the darkest year for Captain Zero. At that time, we had almost gotten a deal from a specific network and uh, then a merger happened. 
And then all of the people that we were talking to who were our primary points of contact, all of them had left. They went to different studios, different places and stuff like that. And typically what happens when the most mergers happen is uh, whatever new people come in, they basically wipe the slate of whoever was doing the work before because they're like, oh, I don't want to pick up where that person left off. I want to do my own stuff. So we literally almost had a deal and everything fell through. And I was so ready. Like, I thought my life was going to change. Like, my business partner at the time, like, he had quit his job. Like, it was... Oh, man. Like, it was like, we really, really thought it was about to be, like, life-changing, up and stuck, and then, like, everything just fell apart. And I remember that was, like, the hardest three months of feeling like, bro, like, I I don't think I can do this anymore. I've spent so much time. I've spent so much money. I've done all of this. Like, I've tried everything. I don't know what else to do, but... I didn't give up. I didn't give up. I was like, no matter how long it takes, I just have to keep pushing, keep pushing. And again, like even reminding myself of, you never know who's watching. You never know who's watching because all it takes is one. You could upload a video to YouTube and you only get 12 views, but that 11th view could be from the CEO of Sony. And then you get a random email. Like you never know, you never know. You know, so it's like, yo, just keep doing, keep working, keep putting that art out there. Like I tell all my artist friends this all the time. There's only one sin that you can commit as an artist, and that is to have a great talent and not share it with the world. Put your art out there. Put it out there. It doesn't matter how many likes it gets. It doesn't matter how many views it gets. Put that shit out there, man. Put it out there. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Words of wisdom. Y'all take notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all my lazy ass rapper friends take notes. <laughs> goodness well there um, it is yeah there it is well like we mentioned to you before the show started every week we mm. do put out a poll for our lovely listeners to interact with us the listeners love it especially since we introduced the anonymous feature people like to you know come in they get a little brave and they come in and they respond <laughs> so this week we want because we I figured and I picked this 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 question because we're on the topic of you know, just creativity and being creative, right? Um, and with with you being creative, with you being a rapper or an artist or uh, whatever, right, an actor, comes some haters, right? There's haters that anytime you do something good for yourself, people hate that shit, right? So I wanted to ask a question this week. What is the most hater shit someone has ever done to you? And the listeners have come forward. So the first <laughs> the first uh, listener submitted story is... Oh, my goodness. What is the most hater shit someone has ever done to you? <laughs> this person said, I was beating my meat and my brother wanted me oh to give God. him a ride somewhere and I was refusing to do so. <laughs> so he turned on my Bluetooth speaker and everybody was listening to the video I was watching. Bro. And to make it even worse, I had it up for 10 seconds bass boosted. Bro. Why you why this is what is going yo first and foremost bro, just imagine here some deep fried listen, ass moans that is so listening funny. he said deep fried listen moan. to adult films with the bass boosted <laughs> for real let's ask the important questions here why was that shit bass boosted and how was that shit that shit was boosted? in fucking shockwave fucking yo <laughs> Man, you have spent entirely too much time, oh energy, God. resources space into boost. my G. Like you, you need to go oh. outside and touch grass, my God. Oh, dang. But 
and then let's oh, go back to this the brother. shithead brother, bro. Right. You're okay. you are so That's mad. Bad. You're the bum that That's can't drive. Movie. Why are you mad at them for not wanting to give you a ride? He's stroking his give shit. Give me a with few minutes, shit, bro. Like, <laughs> hold on, man. Hold on. <laughs> that that long, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh shit. Next one. That's crazy. A listener, we asked, "What's Base the most hated shit someone's ever done to you?" This listener said. Someone decided it was cute to act like me. Life story and all. It was annoying. Sometimes your haters be your fans. And that is true, my love. That yeah. is true. Uh, true. That shit is annoying. They say, and a lot of people disagree with me. They say imitation is a form of flattery. I think that shit is mad annoying. I really do. That don't make it not flattering, though. It don't, but it, it's just why. Like, it is little shit. Like, because it, yeah, it is. You. Like, someone will take your type of humor and then use it and then put it out into the world when they fucking hate you. But it's just like, well, it gets laughs. Yeah, that's true. Well, for me, it's annoying. Even like, if I go somewhere, need to practice. Right? Let's say I go to, I don't fucking know. Like, I don't know. Like, I go to this one restaurant, right? And then all of a sudden, someone I know they start going there. Like, all right, whatever. I'll go on vacation to this place. And then there they go. I'm like, bro, why are you watching me so hard, bro? Like, do your own shit, man. You're an influencer. No, I'm not. I ain't shit. And I want time, people need to know that before they make wrong decisions. That just sounds like <laughs> someone who can't, can't, doesn't know more than what you're showing them. It's like, oh, Hawaii. I've never heard of Hawaii. I guess I'll go to Hawaii. Germany. I guess I'll go to Germany. <laughs> That's on them, though. Why? Exactly. Bro, but it's internet. like, why don't you just look up different places? But it's like, oh, well, he went to. I'll go where he's going. This. You don't got your own ideas. Like, exactly. You don't got your like, own that's the only place like, I could think doing... of because I saw it. I'll go yeah, there. Like, Fuck come it. On, bro. But for hey, the... what hotel did you stay at? Which room? What uh, room number was it? You were sniffing the pillowcases. Like, oh yeah, he was here. Yeah. That was <laughs> No, but someone decided to act like them, like life story and all. That's creepy. That no, that yeah, that's beyond. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, that's, yeah, wild. Like, that's, that's crazy. That's some Lifetime movie mess right that's there. Some, <laughs> I don't know about that. That's yeah, the that's, Hallmark that's, Channel that's, right, exactly. white girl shit. That's that's single white female. That's, that's single, that's single white, white female. female. Right. I was just about to say, dude, that's that <laughs> movie. What movie? Single white female. That's a movie. Single white female. That's a movie. It's about a roommate. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck? That's your guess. Back in the day. I think it's, yeah, it's from the 80s, right? Oh, Melissa it's McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Oh, dang. Oh, identity, identity theft. theft. <laughs> I was going to say. Identity theft. What's the next one, man? Let's see. I was buying a 3DS from a guy I knew in high school. Cool. When he found out I was fucking the girl he tried to get at multiple times, and she kept rejecting him. So he canceled the meetup to buy the 3DS of course. and started talking shit about me. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Damn, it I mean, like that. You, you should have known that you wasn't getting gonna get that 3ds after, <laughs> for real. After after doing that, bro, like, know, yeah. he'll get over her. Damn, I mean, it's like two weeks. You still? I mean, that is some hater shit. Though. I mean, it's just like that is hater though. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand why people even go through things like that though. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I don't understand right. how you can like someone who don't like you. I can understand no, initially, like, if real. you don't know, but the minute you know that someone doesn't like you, yeah, I don't, like, I don't understand even, how you then continue to right. fawn over this person. It's like, bro, like they they don't want you. And right. moreover, like, fam, like. Slavery ended in 1804. Like, nobody owns people. Like, you can't... Right. Dead ass. Right. <laughs> like, you, ass. Like, you don't own anybody. Right. Like, people are allowed to make their own feeling, choice, and decision. If, if she doesn't like you, then... All right, bro, move Keep on. Keep it stepping, for real. Also, 
stop thinking that people owe you a conversation or owe you a chance. Yeah. Like, nobody owes you anything. Like, but, you know, I feel like as I got older and I just stopped keeping conversations going for the sake of keeping a conversation going, people get so uncomfortable with just not having any... Exactly. Topic. And I was like, bro, I could sit here and not feel awkward, but I could tell you're just like, so, um, what'd you do? And I'm like, I don't... Can we not talk about this? Mm-hmm. this, ass, ass, shit? this ass, that ass. Like, I hate do you really thought. give a fuck what I did at work yesterday? No, you don't. Do you really care <laughs> what the fuck I had for breakfast? Like, bro, who you fucking? Like, what tell me do? something, like, interesting, you know? Like, I hate small talk. <laughs> did you me drink too. water today? That ass. No, for, no, that's. I think it's important to remind people. Man. Oh, shut the fuck up! <laughs> Hell no. Hey, what's the next bomb? But that's yeah. Well, that's that's some that's some bullshit, man. I hate. Small I hate small. T- yeah, I hate, small I hate it so much. I hate it, and I hate it because you can tell when someone is making small talk because they ain't got shit to say. It's the most like deathless, contentless conversation, <laughs> and I'm just like, bro, I would so much rather you. Hey, they're just making it leave me though. alone. They are making it. I get it, but, but at you that point, it's to, like you're man. running my words too much, and I don't even feel like talking for no reason now. What if, what if they they have like like social anxiety? Okay, well I get that, but at the same time, it's like why why is that about? my problem to help you through that? Well, what if they're just well, but, but you, I don't but know you can that, tell though. though. You can tell when it's something else. I don't else. know that. I feel I can tell. I don't know about you. I can, I can. tell. I can tell when I it's can tell like, when they're just like trying to talk to you, but they don't know how. Exactly. I'll make the effort then. I'm but, socially awkward as fuck. If I don't know how to talk to somebody, I, I come off socially awkward. But if I got something going on with the person, I'm like, I could probably be alone with each, each one of y'all individually. But yeah. like, if I don't know you like that, I, it's going to come out like that. And I'd yeah, rather just not weird. talk. Or I also hate too when, when two things. One, when people bring you into something, like make you a joke because they ain't got shit to say. You do that shit. Yeah, I was going to say, no, you do that all the when time. When the fuck do I do that? You do that to everybody. How? <laughs> you do that to everybody. When I don't have shit to say? I mean, well, you just be... <laughs> I mean, you always got something to say, but you Call do Call me that. a... Never mind, bro. Oh, whoa. <laughs> no, hell no. Whoa. Don't play with me. Do not play with me. Nah. Um, nah or nah. also, hey, when I get dragged into a conversation, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know why. I can't even tell you why people do this. And like, an example would be like, I'm sitting on the couch. There's a conversation <laughs> going on in the living room, right? I'm chilling though, hella quiet. Like I'm just chilling. I'm on my phone or I'm playing my Switch or something, right? And then like somebody will be talking, be like, "Oh yeah, we went to uh to uh, um what was it called? Where did we just go? Disneyland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to Disneyland. Yeah, and um yeah, we saw this, we did that, and then we ate this. It's like three circles. What's his name? What's his name? Mickey Mouse? Like you fucking know? Like what are you asking me for? Oh, you know that. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like I don't have to be a part of this conversation. Just leave me the yeah, fuck alone. I feel that. Well, you're a Disney adult. I'm, I'm, I'm dead. He's not. That's what he wants. Don't listen. Not to him. That's not what he wants. being a Disney adult yeah. allegation. <laughs> Oh, I beat those allegations in season one. Isaac defended me. I did beat those allegations. It was like the first episode. It was. Yeah. It was. Huh? It was the first episode. Um, so this next one said. My friends told me that the girl I liked was into me for an hour, hyping me up, then said it was all uh, made up because they uh, wanted to see my reaction. Yeah, that's I know. That's Oh, that's, that's yo, that's you, you got to get a new group of friends. Facts, yep. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that is flaw. Oh, my goodness. That is just. 
That's wild. That's wild. That's wrong. That's some mean fourth grader shit, right? right that's there. that's like man. Guess what, bro? I know you've been like holla at her, bro. She she told me that she into you, bro. Nah, we just playing with you. It's like that's like don't do that. Don't do that. For that's real. fucked up. That that's wrong. That is fucked up. That's actually yeah. wrong. You don't play with people's emotions <laughs> like that for real. Nah, not at all. This next one is previous job. I got fired because of something I did wrong, quote unquote. Later to find out that the team leader did some shit to get me fired because she was hating that my sibling was dating her sister in law. Take in mind, <laughs> this team leader is a married person with two kids. Why is that my problem? Exactly. What? Also, you married with two kids. Why do you care what anybody right, else's relationship is doing, man, bro? Man, get out of my face Nosey with that. Nosy ass man. people, bro. Get out of my face with that mess, man. Nosy you going to fire me because of what my brother is doing? Or who his brother is doing. Uh, regardless. <laughs> it's like that ain't got nothing to do with That's me, why. man. I'm up here reading my comic books, and you up here firing me because my brother. <laughs> no, because you're reading comic books on the clock. <laughs> oh, That's why you got fired. <laughs> What's the next thing, man? The next one says, I don't know if this is considered hating on me, but in middle school, my quote-unquote best friend at the time told my crush's girlfriend that I liked her boyfriend, expecting drama to start, but nothing happened. Yeah, that's hater. That's yeah. a hater shit. Yeah, that's hater. Why? Yeah, that's hater. That is... That's hater, hater, yeah. some hater shit, bro. Oh, yeah. Why the fuck, man? These people got nothing so, to do. They really don't. Y'all hella bored. Right. Y'all need to be... Hella. Right. Making art or something man Mm-mm. that shit probably gonna suck though uh this is said <laughs> my baby daddy's now wife but girlfriend back then smashed my windows to my car bro insecurity oh, and relationships shit. that involve children are so for real ridiculous. yeah that's you why you literally signed have, up yeah, for this you have you, to have right. a relationship Yes, you have yeah, to. Yeah, man. You Come have on. To. That person will always be in your life. At least they should be. Always. Yes. They should be, at least. there's people who like to talk shit about the person they had a kid with. And it's like, that's kind of like a reflection of you. It, that it, no, it really is. Like, that's yeah, a red flag. It's like, bro, that's did you not lie with this person? <laughs> right? Right? Talk shit about, like, <laughs> right. This was a choice that you made. Yeah. That's totally Yo, dad, your flag. mom ain't shit. It's like, well, why the fuck do, you, do they need to know that? Well, y'all was fucking. They so ain't old enough to right, know that. So it was let some. Them, yeah. Let them grow up and realize their parent ain't shit. Dead ass. Right. Next one says, again, someone who ain't shit. Baby daddy doesn't pay, not pay his effing child support. I, as a parent, can never imagine not wanting to care for my kid. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. It's. A love that you don't explain. You can't explain it. It's just like the moment they are born, you love them. Like in a different way says, like you don't know what true love is until exactly you get a kid. that's what my dad says it's like, true so, yeah. it really is true like there's just no words to explain it yeah so for me to sit here and try to imagine a life where i don't want anything to do with her that's or crazy. when i like it doesn't matter where i am like i'm always thinking of yeah getting her something you're like right. You, you know, like, yeah. she needs clothes or whatever, then fuck me. I'd rather go hungry than to have her mm. with, you know, raggedy clothes or have her go hungry or whatever. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, I just, I, I don't, I don't see how that could be a thing. Like, you know, unfortunately, I feel like what happens in a lot of those kinds of situations is that, like, it's the relationship between both of the parents that have eroded yeah. or wasn't in a good place. 
uh, where if it's the guy who's not playing the child support, uh, he's in this very honestly immature position where he kind of feels like, oh, well, well, maybe he didn't want to have this child. But then ultimately the mother decided that she wanted to have the child. And he's like, oh, well, you know, you already made a decision that I didn't want in the first place. So now I'm just going to abstain from, you know, being a father. But again, I mean, the reality is like, okay, what well, once once the person who's holding the child makes the decision that they want to have the child, like the, 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 the time to think differently was before you came in that person. Yeah, We're way past that now. Yeah. We're way past that. So it's right. like, now that this has happened, now that this is life, now that this child is going to be born, bro, like, step the fuck up. Do what you right. got to do. Facts. This is This is your child. And again, like you said, like, I don't see a world where I know that my offspring exists and I'm not doing everything and every anything and everything that I can to make sure that that child is taken care of. Like, bro, fucking... I can take care of your kids, Doc. Preach. That's take all that needs to be said. Dead <laughs> ass. For real. The deadest of asses. Yes. Yes. Just <laughs> simply yes. <laughs> Deceased gluteus maximus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still saying that shit. <laughs> the most hated shit I can think of is back in the days when I would start dating a girl instantly. There were friends or guys that liked my girl that would start messaging her all the at the time negative things about me or tell her to break up with me. Man, you a hater and a sorry what, ass. What kind of friends you got, homie? Bro, that's I happened to me before. Um, that's happened to you. I got before? two questions though. Like one, my observation just best based off of what's being said is, yeah, that sounds like a hater, but there's another part of me that also thinks I know what you're gonna if say. If every person in your life is trying to tell someone else who's trying to get into your life to avoid you. Yeah. <laughs> maybe there's something going on. There might be something. Dude, I hear you. Maybe, I know, maybe, I hear maybe there's... Maybe you need to take a long look at the person in the mirror. Like, what's going <laughs> yeah, on here? Like, right. like, why do the people... Because I would argue, if this is friends and family, like, this isn't just, you know, people you right. met on the street and have known for a while. Like, this is your mother. This is your sister. This is your brother. <laughs> Call them up this person and be like, hey, listen, you don't want to mess with... <laughs> you don't want to mess with dude. Like, ain't I'm that like, hey, yo, facts, there might be something going on there. Ain't you might need to... <laughs> for real, ain't that Do some facts. reevaluating and see what's going on. If your own you know? mama tells Bro. somebody not to mess with that's how you know you Come need on. a you 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 need to, <laughs> i've heard yeah. of that before it's the truth though I'm, i've, I've, I've heard, heard of it i've heard of that yeah. too because yeah. mamas shout out to mamas, mamas they like, hey, keep listen, it real but listen they you seem you, like a smart young lady you yeah. don't want this <laughs> <laughs> i love my little boy but uh-uh like you you know he's a problem Oh, fuck. I can't true, remember. Though. I it's can't. So I can't true. remember who it was. It's probably for the better. But I can't remember who it was that that yeah <laughs> that I heard that their better. mom told them told like the girl that they were dating it was like yeah the way, why you fuck keep fucking with my son I forgot who it was yeah but yeah that that's some shit that's but no crazy. I mean I also think like it could be random people too like well well this person did say like it'd be friends or guys that liked my girl like. You know, like, oh, okay, so it was some random. It was, people, it was random, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, so some people. haters, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, yeah. I've had it to where I was talking to a girl before, yeah, and and she had these friends or a friend in particular who, because at the time I was making music and like a lot of my lyrics were on some sad boy shit, and they would tell her like, "Hey, he ain't over this girl." And I'm like, "Ah, uh, bitch, yeah. like come on, like come I'm on, so dead, yeah, like <laughs> this fucking music." And it's I was a like, song. "But I I ended up breaking it off with her because I'm like, well, look." If you're willing to listen to somebody who so don't true. know me right. tell you things about me, 
and you don't feel like you don't yeah. have to come to me and ask me, then me I'm cool. And tell me, then yeah, I'm ultimately, cool. yeah. And I was that relationship cool. probably doesn't have a lot of legs. Yeah. yeah, and I've been cool ever since. But it'd be interesting, though, if like that same person it. told your friends, like, oh, this person has all these red flags and all that such, right? But then you try to, you know, tell them against that. Like, hey, yo, you should probably watch out for them then. Then... Yeah. I feel like that's a weird dynamic too, though, because it's like, yo, how you gonna tell me you know this person ain't good for you, but then you gonna whatever? That's a whole different thing, though. Yeah. Like, so shoot, man. Yeah. Man, what's the next one? But man? also, I mean, like that to go back to this to this person, like if your girl is listening to these people and ain't asking you about it, that's true. Then you dodge the bullet, my friend. Facts. Because for real. if somebody for tells real. me shit about somebody that I'm going out with, I'm gonna ask them about it. Yeah. I'm like, hey, man, like I'm yeah. not saying I believe them. I'm just, but I'm coming to you. I just you. want your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like yeah. this is what I hear. Like, is it true? Is there any like where's all this coming from? Right. And I'm not saying that from a confrontational exactly. point. I yeah. just want to know like where's why, this coming from? Exactly. Like, yeah. where's this all coming from? And I'm because I trust you and I'm with you. I'm going to believe you, and I'm off the back going to believe like now nah, this is probably some hater shit. People are nosy, this and that. Right. Right. And, and if they're yeah, cool, the they'll, they'll keep you fuck with you too. Yeah. Like, and you know what? I was acting goofy in that situation. And then sometimes it's just as simple as that. And you then you goof. Then it's like, oh, okay. But that was the past though. And so let's keep it pushing. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, don't be a hater like that. Don't though. be a hater. Don't, don't be, be a little a bitch. like that. Yeah. So that was all for the user submitted ones. Oh, yeah. So now it's our turn, man. You go first, I'll baby. Go first. I know you got a lot of haterisms oh, in your life. <laughs> Nobody love me, bro. I love you. Nobody love me, bro. Not nobody baby. loves you. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, the universe loves you, bro. Man, tell the universe to slide then, because I need some love. In my life. That's crazy. <laughs> but, <laughs> not the Acting like uh, you don't got a picture with you and your daughter having fun at Disneyland. Oh, that, that's, that's crazy. Uh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, so I remember. I'm not gonna say this person's name because they are a pretty well known uh, rapper now. And they are known oh, to they Ooh. are known to sue people for shit they say online. Ooh. So dang, just son, know that. Crazy. So they got quick trigger fingers oh, when it comes fuck to that. Yeah, they're pussies. Oh, man. Um, okay. so oh my god. This was two thousand thirteen. I drop Ooh. a uh, <laughs> I drop a I drop an album. Right, mm-hmm. and I, I'm sending it to people on Twitter. That's how I used to do back in the day. That's how you know Bill mm-hmm. just sending it, whatever. Right, and back then, you know, mm-hmm. that was Twitter's wild days, where it's like anything went. Right? Oh my god, you weren't getting banned yeah. for nothing back then. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever, I sent it to this this rapper. Um, not gonna say where they're from because they're from such an obscure place that, like, if I You'll say give it, it away, it's gonna give it I'll away. You'll know exactly, exactly. Um, so I send it to this rapper who lives. It's in Southern California somewhere, right? Um, a lot of their, fa- a lot of this person's fans, like I would, um, mm-hmm. I felt like we made similar-ish type of music. So right. like, I you know mm-hmm. sent my shit, you know, to people that that they were following and all that, right? I sent it to them, right, to, to this mm-hmm. rapper, and I was mm-hmm. like, yo, like I just dropped, you know, like I I, I kind of rocked with, with his music at the time, right? Right. I kind of rocked mm-hmm. with it, so I was like, yo, like you know, I rock with your shit, you know, like. I just dropped, you know, if you ever want to work or whatever, let me know, right? I know they seen it because they liked it mm. and retweeted it. Oh. Right? Oh, shit. And cool. About eight months later, they drop an album. And one of my beats mm. is on that album. 
that they just dropped. Oh, <laughs> shit. Is it Chanel West Coast? Uh, <laughs> not the, <laughs> not the <laughs> bite. The bite, man. And I was like, oh, come on, bro. All right. Like, to be fair, I didn't exclusively own the beat. That was my bad. Okay. But. But you didn't even give me no type least, of feedback. Yeah, you didn't right. tell me. to be like, hey, yo, I really like track seven. The beat is crazy. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't right. buy that beat. I'm thinking of buying it. Yeah. I'm trying to buy it. <laughs> right. Like, some, like something. Right. Uh, and it's yeah, crazy because the timestamps yeah. are there. You go to where the page where my shit is posted, mm. it says when it was released. Mm. You go to this person's iTunes, Damn. look up that album, and it's released so much later So you got all the receipts. Mine. I got all the receipts. Yeah. And then I went back, right? Because I'm like, I'm not tripping, right? Right. I can still see the tweet was liked, but they undid the retweet. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, oh man. That's nasty. So yeah. I mean, that's that's, that's very that's nasty how behavior. that's how the music is, industry is though. Yeah. It's just you really got to take care of yourself. <laughs> I, 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 um, I really do though. But hey, you know what? That album did did wonders. That album kind of changed my life a little bit at the time. So fuck it, we did what we did, and but that was some hater shit, man. Like yeah, how absolutely. you just steal somebody's shit. You know, and like I always get people talking talking about the technicalities of it. Like, well, you didn't own the beat. I'm like, yeah, but if you if you want to be a fucking grown up about yeah. it, like you yeah. tell me, like, hey, I liked it or whatever. Like, just the principle, exactly. Like, yeah. Like, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yo, like I saw it wasn't purchased. I bought it. Like, you know, just wanted to say, like, yo, thank you for putting me on. Like, if, if I never came across this album, I probably would have never heard this beat. Exactly. Oh, like, like, right. dude, like, you know, come on, man. right? Because I've done that yeah, before. I've I when I first first started out, I didn't know nothing about leasing beats or buying beats, and so I would like mm. reach out to to like producers or artists and be like, "Hey, I heard this song. I know you produced it, or I I really like it. Like, would you mind if I used the beat and just rapped on it for free? Like, I'm not gonna sell it or nothing. And more often than not, like it would. Oh yeah. And then, I'm, and then like with the rise of SoundCloud, I just started doing it because fuck it, right? It's right. Just SoundCloud, <laughs> right? I wouldn't do it for like. Like I wouldn't remix somebody's shit and put it on Apple right now, right? Right. right. But like mm-hmm. so SoundCloud, you could do whatever you, you wanted, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that that was some shit that happened to me, man. Some yeah, hater shit. That That's some ugly. hater shit. What about you, Isaac? What what's some hater shit somebody's done to you? Kind of like the the dude saying like when I um started going out with Stacy, I had like a bunch of people. People I did and didn't know, someone that I went to middle school, neither one of them even fucking knew me like that, but they'd always be like, oh, damn, well, Isaac, this, this, and I'm like, bro, I don't even know your last name. (laughs) (laughs) Like, who the fuck are you? And they would just tell her all this shit, like, oh, he used to do this, and like... He used to talk to this girl and he did this and I'm like, I used fucking to. wish I had that much acting act <laughs> shit to go Gosh. off of but, but like, all wow. this like, type of hater shit. Another yeah. thing is I feel like like whenever I get like real close to somebody, like I have a connection with somebody, I feel like there's always people that don't like how easy it was for there to be a connection. So it's almost like they'll and I, and I know this is a thing because it's been proven to me. It's like they'll start talking shit to the person that I'm cool mm. with almost like hella easy just so they look better, you know. And it's kind of like, oh, well, you, you're you a better person than that guy. Let me start you. And I've had that happen where I've had it like because I've seen like the shift, you know what I mean? And it's just like, oh, okay. 
And then I've had people say, well, he said this, this, and that. I'm like, well, if they gonna believe that just off of that fucking motherfucker, then good riddance, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And to me, that's some hater shit. It's like, bro, I just be... I'm like yourself. so. Unap- I'm so unapologetically yeah. myself when it comes to like meeting people and like, cause that's how the connection's mm. gonna. That's what's gonna run off of. Yeah. And so yeah. when they see, it's kind of like, oh well, you guys are real. Uh, he uh he beats up uh kids. <laughs> it's like I don't, but for sure. <laughs> or like he'll just say so. It's like I don't deny everything that's ever been said. It's like, why say it? I could say some shit about you, but I don't because. You're already a fucking why? horrible person exactly. as it is. Why? You know? We like, already know that you're a shitty person. Exactly. Yeah. That's like, crazy. like, uh, like. <laughs> I think people underestimate too, like loyalty and how loyal people are to someone. Like, yeah. I've well, had the, countless ba- of the times. boundaries of loyalty too. Yeah. Like, anytime my name is brought up in a text thread or something, that I get told about it. I know because mm-hmm. I I reciprocate that energy. Like, if someone saying some shit about my homie, I'm gonna fucking tell him. Like, hey. Don't fuck with this person no more, right? Like, yeah, the dude that we were gonna hire for uh, when we were trying to make the men of Dry Creek, talking mad shit about one of my homies, I had to cut him, bro. Like, mm. I stopped hitting him up to to come to to the table reads and all that because why do I want you there? Like, you telling me you want me to remake a whole short film without my boy just because he's in it? You don't fuck with him? You're right. That's good. Right, First of all, I'm the fucking director. Loyalty. Like, you do what I say. That's yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. To, to start with, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, that was some hater shit, you know? Or, like, it, for real, like, I feel like everybody in this room knows how loyal I am to them. And, like, I, I, I know that y'all are loyal to me. So, it's like, you bring up my name in a text or in an email or whatever, I'm going to hear about it. I just, I don't say shit because I'm not 12, but, like. My thing is, right. like, I don't mind talking shit. I don't mind shit being talked to me. And I could take a lot of shit. I can hear a lot of shit. But when I deliver it back, as people are like, exactly, yeah. people can what never deal with they. With they I, yeah, I'm gonna be mm. honest. I tell you guys each separate shit. So if something leaks, <laughs> I know who it it's is. also, hard to, it's also uh-huh. hard to tell if you're being honest with someone or your dead ass just put it in a dick ass way. Yeah, it's hard to be like, oh, yeah. I was a dick. I mean, I was honest, but like, I didn't need to say that. And sometimes it's like. You need to hear that. You're fucking annoying me. You're being annoying right now yeah. or some shit, you know? Yeah. What's about you, Josh? Like, what's, what's some haterisms in your life, man? Um, Just, like, a quick one came to the top of my head. Uh, I guess word got out that I was uh, talking to this girl. And then this dude comes up and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, because we, we got the same dude. <laughs> oh, I already know who you're talking about. Hey, okay, you, didn't even need to, you didn't even need to complete the sentence. I'm like, oh, my God. He's like, I'm sorry, man. That's hilarious. Oh, I heard you like, blah, blah, blah. No way Clutter fucks and, with the oh, fuck. Oh, you didn't say no name. On, I didn't we say no name. Like, fuck Clutter. He's the piece of shit. He's like, Come on, if people could change. This man. person no. was like, ah, I heard you like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, where'd you hear that? He's like, uh, just around. I heard you. You think she likes you too? What I'm the like, f- I'm like, what? This is the first I've heard of it. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, I'm here. To, like, I just want to let you know, I'm looking out for you. She doesn't. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> let alone we had been dating for like. Oh man, Crazy. meanwhile, God, <laughs> this little fucking beanbag is just a thorn oh, in everybody's side. Gosh, the oh main antagonist. God. Hey, he, people can he change is, though. Man. He's the main villain of this show. He's never even been on this show. He's just fucking. Hey, okay, so I'm some not background. Saying it's him. I'm not saying it's him. No, it is him. That voice tells me everything. Uh, so just to give you some context, uh, 
Lamar. Uh, we mm-hmm. so me, Josh, and Kyrie, and Nick, who's not here today, we all worked together at this movie theater uh, for years. So that's how we all know each other. And then me, Isaac, and Nano, the other person who's not on today, we're related. We're cousins. Well, he's Isaac is me and Nano's uncle. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So yeah. So this guy that Josh just talked about is just he's talked about a lot on this show. <laughs> Because he's such a shitty person, and he but he's, was, but it's just in the most comedic of ways. Like he's just like a Z-list villain. Like he's just, <laughs> a Z-list. Villain. He's Dang. like the box ghost from Danny Phantom. Like he's just oh zero gosh. matters of anything. That is that's wrong. The box ghost. <laughs> that's the name of the episode, bro. Oh, the box, the ghost. box ghost featuring Captain Zero. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, yeah. You know that guy is a hater for sure. Go ahead, Kyrie. What did he do to you? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, just the first and foremost, man. Like, I I know this probably isn't technically being a hater, but like, this is just kind of something that I use as motivation. So in my mind, it is kind of hatering. It's like, you know, y'all know I got King's Comics going on. You know, like, you know, we got the podcast, everything, everything's booming, right? <laughs> to me, it's kind of like. Especially for homies, right? Who you know, like really, really know me, like especially them. But it's it's like, yo, if you knew I got all this going on, and you know, at least hit a brother up about it, ask me about it, or at least support. Be like that. To me, it to me that comes off as a form of haterism. It, especially if I ain't trying to call nobody out, I ain't trying to call nobody out. But especially it's like, oh man, I just haven't had time because I forget or da 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 to me it's like uh, I mean it's cool it's been a year but like you know oh. <laughs> like that, that's it's all been right. a year it, it's been a year but that that's all good so I mean to <laughs> me uh, once again I don't know if that's technically hatering but like it's still to me I just use that as motivation like to my mind I use it as like you're just being a hater because it just keeps me like it keeps me going you know like it just keeps me like okay now the grind gotta continue until you have no choice but to say my name in your mouth. Damn. Damn. I'm just keeping it a buck. But um yeah, like but that. speaking of our our favorite Zealous villain, as you like to call him. Um <laughs> the box ghost. He's kind I kinda clump him within like this whole sort of like hater thing. It's like whenever I'm like talking to a girl or like, you know, going out with them, right? Uh there have been people in the past that's like, oh man, like you know, you're not her type or this or that. And it's like, how the fuck would you it's know like, that? It's like, I bet. And I promise you, every time someone says that. You hella fine. You everybody's type. Oh, thank you, baby. <laughs> like, I for real. See, that's how I care myself. Right. I'm like, I'm everybody's type. I'm, I'm the exception real. to everything. Exactly, man. Like, shoot. I use that unless as you like. Just like unless you just don't like fun. Or cool. <laughs> I mean, exactly, right? Unless you just want to be just miserable all the time, that's cool too. But you know, hey, but <laughs> I'm miserable. I might be their type. Shit. But shoot, you might. <laughs> <laughs> but anytime someone says that, I for real use that as motivation towards that situation too. And then, like, I'm not trying to like, you know, say I'm like suavecito or nothing. But like, shoot, I, you know, I. It's like how's that worked out ever yeah. since? You know, especially our favorite Z-list villain. Twice. I saw her uh, first. <laughs> oh my gosh! Literally, one of my exes from you know from this previous job. He literally said that to me like, "Oh, you knew I liked her first. You knew that." And it's like, okay, cool, but we're going out. So it's like, what? <laughs> like what? What? Like, and then with like the system, exactly, or like the past, you know, situation. You know, when we first started going out, I remember it was like 
maybe a couple days after we became oh, oh after shit. we became official right? <laughs> <laughs> after we became official right my dude said like come on bro <laughs> like after we became official a couple days after the fact he heard it through the grapevine through somebody like and i remember i was walking in concessions and someone's like, oh, snap, how are you and such and such? He turns around in the most drastic way to look at me. It was about to cry. I'm like, ah, 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 bro, I was going to tell you. <laughs> I was going to tell you. I pro-. And then he just storms out of concessions. I'm like, no. Like, yeah, he, who's the manager that brought him up for leaving? Oh, no, he wasn't a manager at that time. He fucking runs yeah. away like, my grandma gave me that check. <laughs> my grandma gave me that check. <laughs> no, because he felt like... Because once again, he was like, oh, you're not her type. You're not. Da, 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 da. But yet we dated for six years. So it's like, damn, you so, must not be her type. But I'm not her type. though. Nah. <laughs> yeah, so, you Deep, know. sexy voices ain't her type. Huh? It's, Come on, baby. She learned real quick. That Come on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. And then. Oh, yeah. But Lamar. What is the most haterism thing that's happened to you? I know there's some haters coming after you, baby. The most hater, man. You know, I want to say, in general, I'm I'm pretty fortunate to not to have that many people wanting to hate unless they just have again, like industry, just someone who just has a malicious part. I want to say for the most part, like even with people that don't get along with me, I feel like I avoid a lot of people hating too bad because it's like. How could you hate me? Because yeah. I don't hate you. Right. <laughs> like I don't hate right. anybody. Like I don't do any malice to anybody. Like you know, right. we might not necessarily see eye to eye, or we might get into a position where it's like, hey, right. you know, this relationship is no longer, you know, mutually beneficial. Uh, but we but, don't you know, need to be enemies. I, yeah, yeah, we need to be enemies. Well, I think the most hater shit that has ever happened to me is actually a career related thing, mm, and I low key, th- this this is something that is like. The, I'm trying so hard not to be a petty person, but this is something that I know when I finally have this moment, it'll be like a Ooh, in your face yeah. kind of moment. Oh, yeah. yeah. But this is back in 2017, 18, around that time when I told you we were, you know, trying to close uh, that one deal, I was working with this uh, particular agent who represented this particular actor mm. <laughs> i won't say their names <laughs> so i know you want to be but, so bad right now uh, that's all but right. this guy he was a real big internet guy and at the mm. time again i had realized that attachments to the project were going to be something that would help us get the show you know on the road and i was looking to attach this guy xerxes and you know he had an agent um and his Agent and I were pretty much working closely together to like further develop Captain Zero and then, you know, try to get it out to networks and stuff like that. Basically, uh, we were working with these people for, man, almost like eight months. And it was constantly, constantly like, hey, like change this, change this, like do this or change this or like make this like this. And it was just back and forth changes, 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 changes. And the whole reason why we made that partnership is like, hey, you know, you're supposed to help get me into these rooms so I can start talking to these people and do this pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I know, you know, you know, you want this pitch deck to be up to a certain quality. So, you know, we really makes an impression when we start talking to these people. But like we have essentially been working for months and months and months just doing that. And I have yet to be in on a single call with any of these, wow. you know, networks and platforms and stuff like that. So huh. I remember I sent an email. 
a very strongly worded email. It wasn't, it wasn't mean or anything like that, but it was just basically like, yo, like we've been at this for a while and you know, there's a particular kind of progress that I'd like to make. I started working with you off of the, off of the premise that I would be able to make a certain kind of progress. So, you know, I just want to be able to do that. The following day, I get a message from this agent and she says, so, hey, I took your project out to shop it to all of the networks that we wanted to meet with and every single one of them passed. They all said that, and I quote, there is just no market for a show like this. What the hell? Like those words will forever be burned like into my brain. And again, she was talking about Captain Zero when she said this. This uh, was back in 2017, damn. 2018. I will never forget the words of her saying, There just isn't a market for a show like this. And I remember and then after she said it, she was like, and yeah, because of that, um the actor would like to gracefully bow out of the role. Uh you know, in the future, you know, maybe we can work together again. You know, long business termy way of basically saying like, "Hey, our, our lead actor is out." Yeah, and right, bet. cool. Bet. At first, oh. when I when I first when I first heard this, at first I was just really devastated. Oh yeah. At being like, oh my god, like what? Like every single network that you talked to passed. But then as more time went on, I realized, oh, this lady lied. She fucking lied. She lied. There is no way, no way in one day you with mm. the level of, you know, agent she was at, because I mean, let's be clear. It's not like she was, you know, rep by one of the top, you know, 10 agencies or one of oh, an, okay. an agent that yeah. was actively working, you know? So right. I was like, first of all, and now I also know from the experience that I have with my agent, who's an amazing agent, wonderful. Um, and we've been out to several networks. I was like, there is no way you heard back from every platform in one day. Impossible. Mm. Impossible. That did not happen. Mm. Which means, yo, you lied to me. Mm. You lied to me. You didn't like the fact that I pressed you about the fact that yeah. we've just essentially just been running around in circles yeah. and I've been doing all this work with no real progress to show for it. I called you out on it. And when I did, you didn't like that. So you told me the actor bowed out and you fed me some cap about how there is no market for my show and how every network passed on this project. It's a goddamn so lie. It's a lie. Bet. A blatant yeah. lie. It's like, watch this. <laughs> yeah, for real. I'll use that as motivation too. Like, okay, fuck, cool, cool. Fuck fuck the so, so, so yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Initially, initially, I was real hurt by it, but over time, you know, once I realized, like, wait a minute, that's a lie. There's no way that could yeah, happen. No yeah, way. like that shit just became motivation. That shit literally just became motivation to me. And every single time I made a progress or an advancement, every single time uh, a new actor would read a script and tell me how much they loved it, or I met with a network and they would gush about what they felt about the the, the show deck or the artwork and all that kind of stuff. I, now, any single time that happens, the first thing that pops into my head is like, oh, there's just no market for a show like <laughs> Exactly. That. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Zalai. Zalai. Exactly. <laughs> Come on, it's baby. a total lie. Come on, so baby. That's what uh, I'm but yeah, about. that was that was probably the most hater shit ever. It was like you didn't like the fact that I called you out on your poor business acumen, so instead you decided to, you know, Beep. try to make me suffer <laughs> for it. And again, looking back in hindsight, I'm actually really glad that that happened because oh, yeah. the actor that I was trying to attach to the project, in all reality, like, I, I mean, I, I think he's a decent actor, like mm-hmm. decent. But the reality is, him as a person, 
Mm. Oh, shit. I think at that point in time, I was just really, really honestly desperate to just get anybody with a name and at that time i didn't realize how desperate i was and yeah. uh it was it would only be later on that I, you know i saw this interview with ava duvernay where she gave some really really great advice about you know being an artist and being in a creative space where she talked about the stinky code of desperation and basically it's how a lot of young up-and-coming artists they fool themselves into believing someone else has the key to their destiny and if they can just meet the right person if they can just get to the right upper level person that'll be the person who who's able to unlock all of their dreams and they pour they put all their eggs into their basket like oh specific agent oh specific actor specific network platform you're gonna be the person who, who helps me achieve my dreams you're gonna be the thing that helps me get what i want and the reality is that's not the case yeah. And every single person who does that, what they don't realize that they're doing is all the people that you're meeting to, that you're talking to, who actually might be in some position to help you, automatically doesn't want to work with you because you have the stinky coat of desperation on. Mm -hmm. You are so desperate <laughs> that you don't even realize that you know you're, you're not coming off as someone who is eager or collaborative or is passionate. You come off as someone who is desperate who will do anything and everything just for a look and it doesn't entice people who have uh, power or positions of access to actually be able to want to work with you because the fear is you believe that they're going to be the person that helps unlock all of these things for you when the reality is the only person who has the key to your future to your fate to your destiny is you only you have the power to create and make the things that you want. And the reality is you will never get to that place of rubbing shoulders with all the people that you admire with, like fawning after these people. Yeah. It is only through hard work and dedication of you focusing on your own craft will those people eventually find you. Like it took me a very long time to realize what people meant when they said the phrase, I'll see you at the top. I used to never understand really what that meant. At first, I kind of always felt that it was arrogant. It was like, if you're a person who has this access or this privilege, like, why don't you just like reach down and help this person who's beneath you? And the reason is because if you do that, as someone who actually does have those leverages and powers and resources, that person will go into that situation with so much entitlement and so much belief that you are the person who has the ability to get their dreams off, that you will never be able to develop the skills or tools that you need to actually be a good filmmaker, a good artist, a good creative, because you will solely lean on that person who you believe is going to do all the things for you. And the reality is nobody knows or understands your vision more than you do. There isn't an executive a distributor, a production company that can tell your story, that can do what you as an artist need to do. And when you try to do that, when you try to force it, the only thing you do is come off as desperate. And yeah, you and, and again, all of the wares of the stinky code of desperation, they can never smell it themselves. They, they can never, they're never self-aware enough to realize that they're wearing it. But in that moment, I realized that I had that stinky code of desperation on. I was so desperate to just get any attachment that I was willing to take this person who, in all actuality, as a, as a person, as a human being, it's not that great. Yeah. It's not that great. Yeah. But I was just so 
gung-ho about oh what well, i need a name i need a name and people know this name that i was you know willing to put all of my eggs into that basket only to realize like yeah that was never gonna work and then only to surprise surprise a few years later down the line continuing to work on my project continuing to build on it only to realize nobody could have ever done the voice of xerxes other than me because that story, that live life experience was always my voice. Yeah, yeah. I was always the person that was made to tell that story. Nobody else could have. Right. And it took time to realize that. And again, surprise, surprise, funny enough, it was only when I made that decision, it was only when I made the choice to voice Xerxes, then I run into Angelica. Then I run into her agent, who's so blown away but from my performance that she signs me to be represented by her. Now I'm taking gigs, I'm doing auditions, so while simultaneously Come also on. working on my show. That's what I'm talking and about. And it's like, yeah. that, it was the belief in self that made others believe in me. But when I put all of my belief in others, the only thing that that made me look like was desperate. And that's exactly what I was at that point in time. Mm-hmm. You know? So, again, uh, even though that person or that agent were being supreme level haters <laughs> i'm actually really <laughs> thankful i'm thankful for that situation because it taught me a lot it taught me a lot about business it taught me a lot about the people i want to work with but it also taught me a lot about myself right it taught me so much about myself and what i needed and what i look back at that situation and realize is that like i was green i was very very new i was very very naive to a lot of these practices i didn't know how shit went down i didn't know how things were supposed to go i had a an idea about how i felt like it was supposed to go oh i'm gonna do this i'm gonna meet this person and then three months i'm gonna have a show and i'm gonna have a deal and and no it it doesn't work that way it doesn't work that way on average the soonest it takes to close a development deal to eventually go into production for a television show is six months that's short that's Mm -hmm. the short end of the six six months like at that point in time again i thought like it would be like a month a couple of weeks and then boom i'm off to the races and was like no i had no idea i needed the time i needed the experience i needed you know in 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 a weird way i needed an assholey kind of experience (laughs) of somebody doing me like that to realize oh shit like my mind is not in the right place i'm putting my eggs in the wrong basket i'm out here thinking that other people are going to give me what i need no only I can give myself what I need. Only I can do that for myself. And the minute I did that, everything else fell right into place. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, man. Yeah. So what did we learn today, kids? Keep on keeping on. <laughs> Keep on keeping on. Straight, straight up. Yeah. And be yourself. Be yourself. Up. The keys to life, babies. Well, before we mm-hmm. sign off, Lamar, please tell the people where they can find please. you. And where they can find all your work at. Oh, yeah. You can find me on all social media platforms at Lamar Cherami. That is L-A-M-A-R-D-C-H-E-R-A-I-M-E. You can keep up to date with Captain Zero on all social media platforms at Captain Zero T-A-S. That stands for The Animated Series uh, on all social media platforms. Um, I'm the most active on Twitter. So if you want to get, you know, day-to-day updates, see what I'm going on, see what I'm thinking in my brain, or just see what's going on with the show or the other projects we got, Twitter is definitely the place to be. Um, uh, lastly, I do want to say to any of the viewers that are watching right now, currently right now, as you know, we are currently in a, in a writer strike right now. Writers are seeking fair and equitable pay for their work. Uh, I dropped the link here inside the chat. It's for the Entertainment Community Fund. It's basically because basically right now, writers are essentially out of work. And there's a lot of lower level writers who, you know, they 
who aren't having any income coming in and this is a great place where people can go to donate to help make sure that people can you know put some food on the table yeah. and pay their rent in the meantime while they're trying to figure all of this stuff out so i dropped that link there inside like the chat uh, if you guys could share that that would be super super helpful Most to help out all my writing peeps out there um but yeah, once again, thank you guys for having me on. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you guys so much. It was a pleasure. Oh, thank you. you. Yeah. This was dope. Seriously. Yeah. So many gems in, in this episode. I think this episode, if anybody's a creative in any type of way, you need to listen to this just to see like the real life process and how long things take. And, you know, like, yeah, mm -hmm. things take a while, but, you know, the payoff is yeah. worth it at the end. And you have to go through some oh, shit yes. to appreciate yeah. the success and when things do fall into place, so you know everybody has a journey to look back on, and so I think it's super dope that yeah. um, <clears throat> you know we got to see that. And yeah, of course we'll we'll throw in not only your social links into you know the on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, um, but also on YouTube, and also we'll throw in that that link so everybody can go donate to these writers who are out of work right now. And uh, mm -hmm. if you feel like this doesn't affect you, well, guess what, motherfucker? It does. It okay? Does. Because it will. It will. It already so is. I mean, huge movies mm -hmm. like Blade and uh, yeah. Stranger Things, the new season, and Euphoria, all those are delayed right now because mm -hmm. of, the, of, the, yeah. of the, yeah, the strike and everything. And also, maybe you're whatever you watch maybe those writers aren't on strike but guess what there are tons and tons of actors and celebrities and producers who are in Facts. support of this uh strike yeah. that are not going to be working so mm -hmm. i suggest we all spread the word and we you know if you can and are able to go ahead and donate to you know help keep these people you know they have no income right now so make sure yeah. that we're, we're supporting each other especially if you're creative man yeah. we're supposed to support each other yeah, we never do but other. we are supposed to um, and, you know, once again, um, like I say every week, maybe follow us on Instagram at Visual House Studios. Follow us on TikTok at Visual House Studios. Go to YouTube. There's a this white bar right there. Click on it and type in <laughs> Visual House Studios. Yeah, yeah. And subscribe. You know, um, and check out. You know, not only this episode. Well, obviously, you if you're listening, you already checked out this episode. Shout outs. I love you. Uh, your mom did a good job. But also <laughs> check out all the previous episodes. This is what episode what forty six, something like that. It's crazy. This yeah, other right. so many episodes for y'all to check out. Um, and don't forget to also click the link that we're gonna leave in all the episodes. I mean, in this episode for to go check out Lamar's work. Um, and make sure if you can donate to that link. If you can't, just share it. Somebody will. Um, let's spread the word. Mm -hmm. Show some love to your writers. Um, yeah that's, that's, thank you uh, thank like, you we, we appreciate you taking your time out out of your day because we, we're sure you're super busy oh man listen anything for the creators man anything <laughs> yeah. for the creators Same i man. am for the people there's one thing you need to know about me it is that man i'm, I'm always down to do work with my community and again just like reach out to any and all artists and, and, and i'm also very very big on just like giving games sharing the knowledge like if i knew all of the stuff that i learned in the last four years of being a filmmaker it probably would have taken me three years to get to this point right now you know so it's like yeah. if there's any advice information that i can disseminate to help somebody you know expedite that process you know skip a couple of steps that i had to learn the hard way i want to do that so yeah. thank you for giving me the platform to be able to do that absolutely no, thank Mark. you thank you for coming on for real we appreciate it we appreciate it anytime someone comes on to hang out with, with a bunch of scrubs like us all right well uh, once again thank you everybody make sure you check out 
Lamar's work. And uh, yeah, spread the word. Um, don't be a hater. Don't be a little hoe. And uh, yeah, we love y'all. Let's, uh, see y'all next week. See y'all next week. Yeah, we love y'all. Peace. <laughs>